it. Hello and welcome to Offtime Jive. My name, uh, Tyler Andropino. And my name is Michael Holler. Thank you once again for joining us. So I was listening to the last episode, and one of the things that I found is I use the word like way too much. Like, to the degree that it it was irritating me to listen to it. So I'm going to challenge myself today to use that word less. Only if it's necessary, not as like a sentence enhancer, um, not as like, I just did it. You see that? Uh, <laughs> you, have to, you have to use it as a, as a comparative. Yeah. You're, you're saying this is similar to. <laughs> because it's it's a useful word. Um, it's in the language for a reason, uh, but you shouldn't be using it like a millennial. Like See, that? but no, but th- that was real though, because I couldn't have said um, that sentence any differently. I couldn't have just been like, uh, "See, that's the wrong way to do it." <laughs> like that. <laughs> you know, you know what we need to do? We need to set up a system where it's like a, like one of those like uh, negative reinforcement things. Yeah. Like you touch something and it shocks you. Yeah. Like that. I wish I had one of those, but I don't. So I am just gonna have to think about it. Um, Michael, what what did you want to talk about today? Well, with the release of James Gunn's The Suicide Squad uh, looming on the horizon, uh, right. I figured now we could uh, we could take the moment to uh, to reflect, to to take a, a somber, morose appreciation of the the wonders of the DC EU that has been provided to us by Warner Brothers over the past years. Years, shit. Man of Steel came out in what? 2011, 12, something like that. Before many of our listeners were born, um, it was a long yeah. time ago. I was still lis- I was still living in Florida when that came I out. I was in fucking high school. Oh my god. Yeah, I think it was a it was a freshman, sophomore in high school, something like that. It was a while ago. Yeah, it was a long I mean, while ago. I was probably like in my early forties. Yes. Pass your first uh, kidney stone. That's right. Um, so are we going all the way back that far? We gonna we gonna do all of them, starting with Man of Steel. Really, we I should mean, start we, with we, Green Lantern. That was the first <laughs> attempt at supposed uh, to DC Cinematic Universe. Did you know that? God, what what happened with Green Lantern? Like, what happened? What actually happened with that movie? Because it's not like the like, didn't Chris Columbus direct it? Not, you know, the racist one, but I mean, like, the Harry Potter one? Yeah, something like that. The guy from Rent? Uh, well, he's not from Rent, but he directed Rent. He wasn't in Rent. That'd be weird. Um, yeah, it was something to that effect. I, like, he... Let's see, like, what happened Green with Lantern it? Green Lantern just... was 2011. Right, which means... Oh, no, it was directed by Martin Campbell. Who the hell is Martin Campbell? Oh, he directed, uh... Okay, Casino Royale, The Mask of Zorro. Really? Goldeneye. This is pretty... Yeah, this is... Okay, I'm The same go guy that uh, wrote, the directed Green Lantern directed Casino Royale? Yep, Casino Royale, The Legend of Zorro. It's pretty fucking the crazy. The Mask of Zorro, Goldeneye. So the thing about Green Lantern, um... Everybody shits on that movie, and it's not good, but it's also not... It's not bad in the way that something like the um 
say like the man of not the man of steel the 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 bvs theatrical cut was bad where it's like you can't even or it's incompetent understand what's going on um it was just like a regular old movie um and they wanted it to be <coughs> iron man they saw iron man and they're like we're gonna do that but with green lantern and it just i don't know didn't really didn't wow me didn't wow many people you know, I remember um, my attempted uh, theater-going experience with Green Lantern. Okay, hold on. I've, I've got to say this first, too. Sure. Uh, so this Green Lantern movie, it was, fucking, it, was, it was directed by the guy who did Casino Royale. The cinematographer was the guy who did uh, Edge of Tomorrow, Memories of a Geisha, Collateral. Like, there, I mean, the cast was pretty solid. I mean, you have, uh, like, Mark Strong, Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Uh, depending on who you ask, Taika Waititi. Um, what does that who mean? Who's the composer for this? Well, because he denies that he was in it. Oh, that's weird. <laughs> uh, the composer for Peter Jackson's King Kong. Who did he play in the film? Taika Waititi? Yeah. He was the, the annoying... He wasn't his roommate, but he was the friend. You remember? I, I, I genuinely do not. <laughs> uh, do, you, do you not remember, like... Do you not remember those trailers where he, like... He, he did the transformation into the Green Lantern, and like the guy was like, wow. And he's like, I know, right? Yeah, vaguely, now that you're saying that. Um, he was, uh, was he supposed to be, um, who's the racistly named Green Lantern sidekick? Pie Face um, is the name of Green Lantern's, like, 1970s sidekick, who is an Inuit person. Uh... I think that character appears in the movie in some capacity. Oh. Well, like, is it, like, an appearance in the movie, or is it, like, a... No, he's, like, a real character, um, but he, he doesn't well, like... go by that. The character's got, like, a real name, but, um... I don't know. I, it doesn't Because, I mean, like, the, the, the thing that, like, DC movies also do is they also be like, oh, here's, you know, this Jim character... Harrison. Yeah, well, no, well, I mean, not not even like that, but, like, you look at, like, the Dark Knight Rises, and you're like, here's this one dude with a vaguely Russian accent. Oh, yeah, that's KG Beast. Uh, yeah, like, oh, really? Did they ever say his name? No. Nope. You just have to imagine that it's him. Mm-hmm. I think the, um, Lex Luthor's assistant lady that gets blown up, wasn't she also somebody? Yeah, she was also somebody... Um, in Justice League, like, they mention, uh, like, the guy who takes over Star Labs at the end, like, that's supposed to be Adam. Uh, what else? Colonel Ferris from Man of Steel. She's, I think, Hal Jordan's girlfriend? Mm-hmm. You know, the, the one who, like, is, is with who we now know is John Jones being like, oh, he's kind of hot. Yeah. She dies in the comic books and he goes crazy and tries to recreate, um his entire city does his city get blown up what happens in green lantern um Emerald i don't know you, you'd have you'd have more of a and i know i know what you're thinking of and i can picture the image with him holding all the rings right yeah he's he got like crazy. This crazy crazy face look yeah 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 now I, re I remember that um he takes over the entire green lantern court he takes all of their rings and he tries to um i i think that uh, Coast City, which is the name of his 
fictional West Coast town gets blown up or something, <coughs> and he goes crazy and reconstructs it using Green Lantern rings. And hilarity okay, ensues. Well, I mean, um, eventually he dies for a little while. The new Green Lantern becomes Kyle Rayner, who is a Peter Parker knockoff, um, who is a freelance artist instead of a freelance photographer um, for a newspaper of some sort. Hmm. Presumably he makes political cartoons or something. I don't know. It makes sense for like a Green Lantern to be doing that because one of the problems with Green Lantern historically is it's this really neat idea, but the people writing it are really lazy about it. So he could make anything in the whole fucking universe, and it's always a giant fist. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, didn't they didn't they say that in the movie too? Like, yeah, I think Mark they... Strong. Like he was Sinestro, and like he made like a sword, and he was like how quaint. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a good um, moment in one of the 20,000 DC reboots <coughs> that came out in the last 10 years where Sinestro um, is having a moment with Hal, Hal Jordan and he's explaining to him exactly why he's so incompetent um, and how he he's only thinking in terms of being like a superhero instead of being a god, which the, you know, the Green Lantern ring and that power set essentially makes you and he's not wrong um i think like a bridge gets blown up and hal jordan like tries to fly around and catch people um and sinestra's just like why don't you just fix the bridge you idiot and then he fixes the bridge like <laughs> <laughs> can, you, can you just imagine like looking at your new training i'm like oh my god team it's an idiot. <laughs> yeah. He's like, what's the matter with you? Why are you trying to be Superman or something? You could do so much more. Um, yeah. You know, I actually, I actually too, like, jumping ahead real quick. Like, I, 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 I don't have fond memories of the Green Lantern movie. Um, oh. I've never really read Green Lantern as a comic, which actually kind of surprises me, because you think with, like, science fiction um, mm-hmm. and all the fuckable alien things that I, that I read and watch <laughs> and play. Uh, well, yeah, like, that should be right up my alley. Uh, but I've never really read Green Lantern. Um, but it's it's still, like, watching, uh, like, the old god scene in uh, the 2021 Justice League. Like, you still get excited where you're like, oh, there's lanterns. And you're like, oh, yeah. yay. Yeah, like, that was a, a, in the Snyder cut. Actually, no, that was in the theatrical cut, too, wasn't it? It was. It was in the theatrical cut. I mean, they changed, like, how the, the that scene kind of ends. Uh, but yes, it was it was in both cuts. Yeah, I remember seeing a Green Lantern in in, in the theater theatrical cut. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I always get happy when I see Green Lantern referenced in 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 this DC extended universe because I do like Green Lantern. I did like Green Lantern growing up quite a bit, um, and he was never really. They never. Well, no, he's in Justice. He's in the Justice League cartoon, um, but he never had, like, his own show. Um, he never had his own movie until the Ryan Reynolds movie, and that was obviously not the the best 
the best uh, interpretation that we've seen. And I feel like that movie kind of uh, like soured Green Lantern in people's minds um, in a way that's kind of unfair. Because like people didn't really know about Green Lantern apart from the Justice League cartoon. So mm-hmm. they didn't know the Hal Jordan character. They didn't know the Kyle Rayner character. They didn't know any of the uh, myriad other um, people. Uh, well, Guy Gardner. I, I do remember a lot of people um, being upset when the Green Lantern movie was coming out because uh, John Stewart, not the not the comedian, mm-hmm. uh, was known as the uh, like the Green Lantern for a lot of people's childhoods. Yeah. Uh, through the Justice League cartoon. And I remember a lot of people being upset, being uh, like, well, why would you turn a, a, a traditionally black superhero into a white man? I'm like, <laughs> John Stewart would have been a better Green Lantern, I agree, but like, th- mm-hmm. like th- this He's is not. just a different character. Yeah, there's there's multiple Green Lanterns. And John Stewart being the main Green Lantern is really only a product of the cartoon show that was never... He was never a terribly um, prominent green lantern in any of the comics that was always how jordan was like the green lantern um well it's it, it, it's funny to me like looking to it like uh like ethnicities in superheroes because it's like it's one of those things where it's like if it it's not terribly like intrinsic to the character like who, like people are talking about like uh like they're ca- they cast jenna coleman as uh joanna constantine and i think the sandman series mm-hmm. uh and, you know, some people are like, oh, you know, like, why would you turn a character, like, like, why would you change gender? I'm like, who fucking cares? Like, honestly, who cares? Like, who cares? Like, like being a, a man or a woman isn't necessarily important to John Constantine as a character. Like, that's that's never been detrimentally important to they, who they are. Wait, are they, uh, they gender swapped? I thought he's playing a different, or she, they're just using a different character. Uh, no, it's, it's Joe, I think they're calling it Joanna Constantine. Yeah, but I thought that uh, was his, like a relative of some sort. Oh, see that I that I know. I just I just heard that they'd cast her as that role. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you have a lot of superheroes where like if they're, if their if their background isn't necessarily important to the character, or if their physical appearance isn't necessarily important to the character or their cultural identity, then like who cares if it's changed? Yeah. Like there's certain characters that I that I you understand like they have to exist in certain per- perpetuity. Mm-hmm. Uh, like. Uh, like Shang Chi, right? Uh, the new sure. Marvel series is coming out. Yeah, you can't just take him out of that because then it it ceases to be the character. Um, mm-hmm. But then I also look at like people like when they they did the uh, the X Men Days of Future Past and they they cast Peter Dinklage as Trask was his name, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's like yeah, cool. Yeah, I remember we talked about that um, prior to that movie coming out, and then when it came out. It was interesting that they just treated him as any other character. Um, mm-hmm. His uh, height had nothing to do with the role, um, which was neat because, uh, A, Peter Dinklage obviously is a phenomenal actor, um, but his, you know... Uh, condition is going to limit the sorts of roles that he's able to play right so it was cool to see him just as a character that you know this isn't a dwarf character it's just you know a character who happens to have dwarfism that's really not anything it's not it's not the singular soul defining aspect of who he is right right yeah um so yeah it was cool to see that i mean 
It's not necessarily my favorite movie in the world, but it wasn't bad either. Yeah, no, I don't think it's anyone's favorite movie in the world. It's it's funny too, like looking like they just made the uh, the Snake Eyes movie with Henry Golding, which I, I still haven't seen. But but then I'm like, is it is it more racist to make the ninja character Asian, even if he was a white guy, or does that make it less racist because you're making the Asian <laughs> person a ninja? Like I don't I don't know how to feel about yeah, this one, guys. Tricky. It's a tricky, uh, tricky situation. No, I'm surprised with the Constantine thing. Um, I think that we talked about on the last episode, very briefly. Uh, There's a few iterations coming out. Yeah, there. HBO is talking about doing a Constantine, um, like a straight up Constantine series. And that, like, I'm of two minds with. Um, I'm 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 really happy to hear it, and I'm also simultaneously slightly disappointed because uh, they're not going to use uh, a fucking fucking why is his name? Why am I blanking right now? Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan. There you go. Um, because I always like when that Constantine show came out, uh, which we talked about very extensively in the oh, early days of this podcast. Nauseum. Yeah. Um, I, I I love the concept. I like Constantine as a character. I loved Matt Ryan's uh, portrayal of the character. But NBC was the absolutely wrong network for that property. Um, and it's not shitting on NBC or anything, but when you're doing like network television, big network television, a character like Constantine is going to have to be sanitized heavily. And that's not what the character is. Yeah, it wasn't is. one of the early requirements in the show that you couldn't show him smoking? You couldn't show him smoking. Uh, and they and added like, that, like, later. They they kept... So they, they would show him, like, in a cloud of smoke. Um, yeah. But they wouldn't well, they'd, show they'd him. Show him... They'd show him, like, from the back, walking away from the camera. And, yeah. like, puffs of, like, smoke coming out of his mouth. And then you'd see him step on something. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I in the like, last episode, right. they finally just said, fuck it. And showed him, like, on a car, smoking a cigarette. Yeah, they're like, fuck it, we're not getting a second season. Yeah, they're like, yeah, well, we're going out like this. I guess uh, Matt Ryan has played the character many times since. In the um, man, there was a there was a singular joke. There was a singular joke that made me buy uh, the Justice League Dark Apocalypse War movie. Uh, um, did you have you seen that one? No. No, there's there's a there's a joke. There's a joke in it. Uh, it 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 was weird. We can talk about that later too, but. Uh, there was a joke in it where uh, he was with like Raven and Superman, uh, and he he comes up to the the Rogues Gallery of DC villains, and they're all standing there, and Harley Quinn bids them a nice entrance, uh, and Constantine's like, ah, oh, bollocks, it's my ex, and Raven looks at him and goes, Harley, gross, and he's like, Harley, are you mad? And the camera pans from Harley to King Shark, and King Shark winks at Constantine. <laughs> good and so i saw them release that joke and i'm like oh i'm fucking buying this <laughs> and it's funny too because like now we know like with uh the suicide squad coming out that like king shark looks like that in his live yeah. action iteration because they they had uh they, they showed king shark on the flash and man did that boy have some cum gutters like he was uh, it was a shred you ever see a shredded shark with abs <laughs> it was weird um, um, I remember, but they went like the Flash went Flash. like full like, oh, we're gonna make a shark that fucks, and James Gunn <laughs> was like, what kind of 
shark. It looks like a shark. He's going to be the dad bod shark. And people are still going to simp for him. Yeah. <laughs> we shall see. Um, uh, that's coming out soon. Because uh, see, see, now I'm just picturing, like, King Shark and Constantine. I'm like, that is a that is a, an image that my brain has conjured. Yeah. <laughs> But so HBO um, was always kind of my go-to network. I, I, I really thought if you're going to do a Constantine live action series, HBO would be the place you want to go because you have the money to do it well. Um, at that point, you know, they're doing Game of Thrones. They're doing all of these big cinematic quality um, TV shows. So uh, you could have taken it to like a Netflix or something. Um, but at that time, Netflix didn't really have... I mean, they had original content, but it was all really low budget. So you would have to sacrifice that. Um, yeah, especially for something like Constantine, which I feel like it would require some amount of special effects work. Absolutely. And um, just the like, look I mean, of like, it. Looking you... back at like Netflix's like, like Daredevil, uh, it's I, like, I still love that first season of Daredevil. Um even though it, it is clear you're like, oh, they didn't have a lot of money to work with, mm -hmm. but, like, shit, like, they made it work really well. Yeah, and I would say that that was even um, a little bit after the time period that I'm talking about, because those looked pretty good. Um, especially the second season of Daredevil, there were, you know... Then even in the first season, they had that that hallway sequence um, with mm -hmm. the, the Ongbok director. Looked good. It was a good-looking show. Um, I think they could have handled it. They certainly could handle it now um, that they're, you know... In a post-Stranger Things world? Yeah, they, I'm sure they could. Yeah. Well, even the first season of Stranger Things was low budget, but then you see segments from the third season where it's just like, oh, that looks like a movie. It's crazy how yeah. far that came. Um, I didn't watch the third season of that, but I did see certain scenes of monsters and stuff um but yeah but anyway long story short we get to uh long story short <laughs> green lantern's not really worth watching no green lantern's not very <laughs> good but constantine's found a home at hbo i suppose um with jj abrams in bad robot uh at the helm uh which i'm fine with i mean people like to shit on jj abrams now i still think he's he's fine if you you know use them right uh this last star wars picture notwithstanding um uh, but they I mean, he can he can direct exciting very well yeah yeah especially like <clears throat> the tv realm of of bad robot i don't think it's gonna be like his pet project i just uh i, I know that bad robot's attached to it and i know that he's attached to it as well and a lot of people are like, "Ew, no, J.J. Abrams." I'm like, eh. well, you know, it's it's funny out, looking people. at that. Um, and like the rise of Skywalker, like it is, it is upsettingly bad. Uh, but like I, you kind of almost want to give him a pass because it's like, yeah, but I well, there's I, a lot I really of enjoy Super Eight. Yeah, I enjoyed The Force Awakens. I enjoyed the, the two Star Trek movies he did. Mm -hmm. Uh. Like I, I enjoy, I enjoyed like Mission Impossible three. Like I enjoyed all of his other movies. It's like this is the first movie I've seen that like he made of his. I'm like, oh, I actively dislike this. Yeah, um, and it was there's so much going on behind the scenes of that. Like 
the the meta story of why that movie was the way it was you can't ignore that yeah no the blame can't fall squarely on a single person yeah you can't pretend that this was just something that happened in a vacuum and be like oh that guy's a shitty filmmaker he's not he's he's fine um but yeah new constantine they were talking about uh the i forget the term that they use i want to say it's like bipoc is the casting term where um i i believe it means black indigenous or person of color um and that mm-hmm. was who they were looking for to play constantine himself um and then of course you've got people online crying about that um I don't fucking care. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I am upset care. that it's not Matt Ryan. Like, That's about it. Yeah, no. Like at the at the end of the day, I, I I would really like to see it like be Matt Ryan, but that's just because I've attached him to the character at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got it's got nothing to do with his, his his ethnic background. The one thing that I could say is that I'm still kind of sad that we haven't gotten a just proper pulled from the pages Constantine movie this long into you know the the character existing and being a major part of pop culture now um like cuz I like the Keanu Reeves movie but it's just it's not Constantine well it's it's one of those things where like if you look at Marvel um and the way that they handled their properties <clears throat> Going back to when they, uh, like they were filing for bankruptcy in the 80s, 70s, something like that, and they started selling off all their uh, their main properties for film adaptations, right? Mm-hmm. They got rid of Spider-Man. They sold them to Sony. They got rid of the X-Men. They sold them to Fox. They got rid of the Fantastic Four. They sold them to Fox. Um, so by the time like Marvel Studios uh, started working on their own projects, like you, really had to, like you really had to scrape the bottom of the barrel there. And, like, who do we have? Fucking Iron Man? Like, in what fucking world would you go back to in a pre-Robert Downey Jr. world, being like, hey, guess what? Everyone's favorite uh, Marvel character is going to be mm-hmm. Iron Man. No, it's You'd crazy. be like, Pfft, it's absolutely fucking insane. what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it was it was a literally Who character. Um, I remember when, I specifically remembered when they announced an Iron Man movie being like, what the fuck? They're making a movie? Yeah, I like- guess they don't have any, because they didn't have access to any of their like A-list characters. Um, mm-hmm. yep. so they built so they something went, they went straight past B straight into the C tier right. um, and then they ended up building something that everybody liked uh, and now yeah but conversely it's... like Warner Brothers DC they still have their Spider-Man mm-hmm. I mean not their Spider-Man they still have Batman Yeah. Uh, they still have Superman uh, they still have Wonder Woman like they have all these characters so like I, I think the reason that we solely haven't gotten a, a Constantine or Justice League Dark adaptation is mainly because they still have Batman, you know? Like, they, they weren't ever forced into that position where they would have to uh, compromise the popular characters in order to do a story that was less popular. Right, right. Yeah. I just, I'd like to see it. Um, I, whatever yeah, happened I to that Justice the... League Dark movie? Like, that was cast and shit. Um, they had... Yeah, it's supposed to be the Guillermo del Toro one, too? Yeah, the... Uh, who did they have as Constantine? Um... Uh, I remember being at... I remember being at between Ewan McGregor and Colin Farrell. Yeah, I think it was Colin Farrell was who they went with. Which, whatever, but... 
I think Ewan McGregor probably would. Like, I could see him doing it, but I get, I could see Ewan McGregor doing it as well. Either way, yeah. neither of them were Matt Ryan, and it was just like, what the fuck? And it's, what's sad is, like, it was so clear that he loved playing that character, too. Um, and uh, the world went the way it did. Are you still there? Yeah. Yeah, I'm still here. Okay. But what are you going to do? No. It, yeah. It's, I don't know. It's, it was it was interesting seeing the whole big comic book boom yeah. uh, happen and then just stop. Right. Uh, like, shit, like, Superman uh, happened. Then you had, like, The Flash, Supergirl, Arrow. Mm-hmm. Fuck it. Are those shows still on? Not only are they still on, they're still doing, like major things and interesting things um i have not watched any of them but i keep hearing about them and i'm like oh wow that's pretty cool um they were doing a a a big um crossover event as they've always been doing um yeah I, i did see that one uh where they brought in um they brought in Kevin Conroy to like play they, Bruce they, Wayne, like in live action. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah. They they brought back uh, what's his name from Smallville as Superman. Yeah, uh, yeah. It was it was a whole big cross reality uh, crisis on it was Crisis on Infinite Earths, isn't that what it was? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, somebody was saying <clears throat> that they either they were going to do or they're still going to do um, a Keaton Batman thing. Yeah. No, isn't that happening in The Flash? Oh, is that what that is? Yeah. It's it's going to be Keaton, Ben Affleck, uh, and then someone else, I think? Yeah, no, they're, they're coming back. It, you know, I it's, hope it's, it's weird now, like, diving into the whole, like, theory of the multiverse mm-hmm. uh, and everything, especially with what this new Spider-Man movie's doing. Yeah. Where it's like, man, I... I, I do feel a little bad that, like, the it, it seems like the studio doesn't feel confident enough for a character to sell its own movie. Mm-hmm. So they're like, oh, here's the Flash movie, but don't worry, guys, we have all these other Batmans in it. Or, you know, here's the Spider-Man movie, but don't worry, guys, we have all the other Spider-Mans that you actually like in this movie. Yeah. But, I'm okay yeah, with that with the know. Flash. Um, and I'm okay with it in... Oh, well, no, because we're talking about the live-action Spider-Man. We're not even talking about Spider-Verse. Um, yeah, that's going to be interesting. Um, I, I, I'm yeah. totally okay with it with The Flash because they've been setting it up for so long. Um, and uh, they could have just done nothing with it, and I was fully expecting them <laughs> to do nothing with it. But now they're like, oh, well, you know. Why not? We've got these characters. I like seeing them take this approach where they're like, we could do pretty much anything that we want. I think one of the hindrances to the way that Warner Brothers has done things for so long is that they're just such a movie company, and I don't think that the people in charge really understood the comic book world. Um even going back to Dark Knight and stuff like that, when the movies were good, um, it still didn't feel like, uh, you know, someone like Nolan really understood the comic book world. 
Um, well, it, it it very it very much and there's an argument to be made in what the different mediums represent for different modes of storytelling, uh, but I mean it, it is very much a movie adaptation uh, of this character. Um, like I, I I say what you will about the DCEU's version of Ben Affleck's Batman, but like when I see in that original shitty Suicide Squad movie, uh, like when the Batmobile like tears around the corner and starts chasing the Joker and Harley Quinn down the street, yeah. I'm like yeah this this feels like batman like yeah, this feels like batman cool. patrolling the streets this feels like batman like going out to beat the shit out of people mm-hmm. um as as much as i love batman begins and the dark knight like it's one of those ones where it's like it's very much a, it's a, a crime different drama mob movie yeah. with batman thrown into the mix mm-hmm. um and it's it's very good but like you you miss that whole idea of like the batman patrolling the streets and the batman bringing justice and the batman like jumping down into an alley and pummeling people's teeth in mm-hmm yeah, I remember when Dark Knight Rises came out, um, Kevin Smith and Ralph Garman talked about it on Batman on Batman, and of course Kevin Smith is usually uh, charitable with his movie reviews. Ralph Garman was not at all, and he just completely tore the thing to shreds, which um, I still like Dark Knight Rises as a movie. I think it's a fun movie. It's it's not, especially of the three, it's not great. Um, storytelling wise but it's it's a fun movie it does a lot of things that I, I like I enjoyed watching it um, well I mean the, the thing that I really enjoy about the Dark Knight Rises is like when I don't I don't know maybe if it's just the soundtrack or like the way like the story pulls itself together in the end but like when when Batman shows back up in Gotham City and like that whole big like fight like the brawl starts in the street yeah. uh, between like all the mercenaries and all the cops and like you know Batman kind of walks through the crowd and everyone parts and like he has that one on one fight with Bane mm-hmm. Like, you, you still get the feeling where, like, oh, yeah, it's Batman. Like, it's Batman. He's, he's just here to fuck someone's shit up. Yeah. Like, it makes you feel good. I mean, like, the Dark Knight Rises problem, like, is that that movie has no second act. Like, it takes, like, it takes, like, an hour to start, and then it takes 90 minutes to end, and, like, they forgot where the middle was supposed to go. Well, it's like they wanted these scenes to be in the movie, and then they didn't bother figuring out how to get to those scenes. Because um, there are so many iconic feeling movie moments in that movie but they're all just kind of floating around and they're disconnected and there's lots of plot holes like how did he get back to gotham city it's funny funny too because like we 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 look at um we look at christopher nolan and Zack snyder and you feel like there is no way you could compare those two people as filmmakers but like Zack snyder's got similar problems where he composes these these big moments where he composes these moments Mm -hmm. between these characters yeah uh even at the expense of the scene or of the story right um like like what his movies feel like is they, they feel like uh, a lot of the times uh giant reels for you to create like the world's most epic trailer from yeah you know oh uh, no 100 like, of like all of his movies feel like he was really thinking about the trailer as he was making them um man of steel is 100 percent that there are so many like lines in that movie that sound um like they were made for a trailer uh and then you watch the movie and you're just like oh these don't really <laughs> these don't really fit together in a, a a horribly i mean that's not an incoherent movie but it's um no but it's it's a movie that like is assembled oddly yeah uh like there's there's no thematic parallels that like connect any of the sequences in that film mm-hmm. uh it just feels like it's flashing back in chronological order uh when I feel like if you're gonna do like a movie like that, like you should 
have some sort of narrative motif that connects each sequence to its past like if he's learning about this thing show him go back and learn about that thing Mm -hmm. so that it influences life um i don't know it just sounds like a film thing to do um i don't know how that movie did not do that so i guess we're on to man of steel at this point um man that movie is what the fuck (laughs) (laughs) there's a lot going on it's um, it's it's still it's still like if you look at like the like Zack Snyder's quote unquote trilogy mm-hmm. with like Man of Steel starting and then Batman v Superman and then Justice League, um, Man of Steel is still my least favorite one, uh, just because it, it makes no fucking sense at all. It makes no fucking sense at all. Like it's it's so pointlessly convoluted and overexplained and yet somehow still also nonsensical, mm-hmm. where it's like. You, you, you start the first half an hour on that movie, and it's like, the Codex of Life. And, you know, like, he's the first natural-born birth on Krypton yeah. in Generations, and we're infusing the Codex into his blood. And you're like, what the fuck is... Like, this is a lot of setup to get to for the planet to blow the fuck up. Right. I, you know? I, I often forget that the first 45 fucking minutes of that movie is on Krypton um, in, in this weird, like, sci-fi thing. Um... But yeah, my biggest qualm with that movie is it doesn't. This is something that I blamed on um, Dark Knight being so successful uh, back when that movie first came out, where it it tries to be like a realistic take on Superman, which is in and of itself completely insane. Um, <laughs> Because it's fucking Superman, you can't have a realistic take. I guess you could, um, where what they were trying to do was, and it, it this this echoes a bit in BVS, where um, it seems like what Zack Snyder wants the movie to be is the world's commentary on Superman coming into the world and what that would look like. Um, yeah. And, you, you know, like, I, I feel like even at that, like, you could you should use some semblance of juxtaposition. Um, because, if, if, like, if you look at something like The Dark Knight Returns, there, there is that, that harsh contrast, um, even between just the panels uh, of Superman and Metropolis and Batman and Gotham City. Uh, and if Man of Steel wasn't so dreary, yeah, I feel like you could have felt that contrast more uh by having this very uplifting kind of story about you know like superman becoming superman uh and then immediately proceed that with or uh, follow that with batman v superman uh and you see the devastation from that ground level and you see that personal connection and like the uh the human cost of uh the extravagance of superman's destruction with zod in in metropolis um but it doesn't. It doesn't feel like that. That movie's so somber and so sad and melancholy just throughout. That it almost crushes what senses of nuance you can have, just because it's it, it. It feels like. It feels like you're suffering blunt force trauma, from the movie's metaphors. Um, it's it's like here's here's Clark Kent sitting in a church, with Jesus behind him and lit up by this fucking stained glass window, and you're like, oh yeah, no, I get it, I get it. Yeah, it's because it's like Jesus. I get it. Yeah. 
Me dies. No, 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 I didn't. No, really, is that, is that what something. it was? Um. And he, and he rises like... again. Holy fuck, I didn't realize how Jesus C. Superman was as a character until just this moment. It's like they well, rewrote like the Batman Gospels. Superman. Uh, like, when he dies and, like, they're carrying his body, there's a lot of crosses just everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, didn't that movie come out Easter weekend too? Uh, I don't know. Did it? Isn't Easter in like February? Generally? Am I mistaken? I might be mistaken. I'm probably mistaken. This is uh, a summer I, movie. I just remember. <laughs> I just remember it being one of these things where it's just like, yeah, guys, we get it. We get it. Don't worry. Um, Maybe the director's cut came uh, out Easter weekend. That feels like it could be. That that sounds more accurate. Because I feel like uh, I remember going to see it years. and it being cold. But fuck, Man of Steel. Um, yeah, I I rewatched that movie fairly recently too, and I still don't like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's a movie that's got some like cool moments in it. Uh, but like it's it's just it's an exercise in excess. Like it feels like watching like a Michael Bay Transformers movie mm-hmm. where you're just like, oh my god, stop. Like, well, can we fucking breathe for a minute? Yeah, it felt like Zack Snyder wanted the movie to be more than it was. Um, and it just for me the biggest problem with the movie is that it just feels boring and I feel bored when I watch it um, yeah. I haven't watched it in the dog's age uh, so I, I'm not fresh with it but I've seen it enough times to where I can just be like eh, it's not for me um, absolutely brilliant score by Hans Zimmer yeah yeah, I will, like, there's things in the movie that I like. I'm, I don't want to be too negative. Um, like, I like Henry Cavill, generally speaking. Um, I do think the direction was probably not um, the right direction. Because we said this, when you see Henry Cavill in um, uh, The Man from U.N.C.L.E. Uh, playing... Yeah, Yeah, ostensibly playing like Clark Kent from the comic books. You're like, well, he could play this role super well. Um, He's a good actor. Uh, It was just sort of... It's like it's like they didn't it's like they didn't see the man from Uncle and they're like, yeah, that's Superman. They watched The Witcher and they went, yeah, that's Superman. (laughs) Yeah. Where like he's just always like grumbling and upset and angry and he just goes fuck a lot yeah 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 (laughs) that's the man we want for superman that's that's our guy um so i mean like man of steel like it's 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 fine like it's 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 fine i don't like it Mm -hmm. um it's it's not the worst movie it's really not it's really not the worst movie there's much worse movies that the dceu has made uh (laughs) than man of steel um Though you get people that are like, I really like Man of Steel, and, you know, like, I'm glad that they saw something that I didn't, uh, but at the same time, I'm just kind of like, I don't, but I don't understand. Yeah. Because I, I feel like there's some universal truths at this point. Like, there's some universal truths that are like, yeah, no, Suicide Squad, yeah, it wasn't great. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think everyone kind of agrees that it wasn't great. Right. Um, but you still get a lot of, like, staunch defenders of Man of Steel. Um, yeah, well, which is crazy. Um there are a ton online now. Like, that movie has such a strong and passionate fan base. 
and it's it's kind of surprising because yeah to me it's like i said it's not the worst movie in the world um but it's just it it, it feels forgettable especially in terms of all of the other dceu movies i sometimes forget that that's what kicked it off uh yeah because it looks drastically different than any of the other ones at this point um no well, i mean like they, they 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 tried to keep to a certain aesthetic um like it, it definitely looks like like looking at justice league and looking at batman v superman and looking at man of steel there is a change in the aesthetic for each of those films uh but it, it does feel like a starting point mm-hmm. uh but then you get to something like ww84 wonder woman and yeah it, it your shazam and yeah it looks like a drastic departure uh yeah. so there, there's no like it's it, the consistency has been removed from the world and it's been given to the individual directors uh which which i have to say i like when i like those specific iterations of the films yeah uh it, yeah it, it i think just, shazam is, is 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 perfect in in what it is um it's 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 wildly different than it's crazy that that movie exists in the same move in the same universe as batman v superman but i'm okay with that like we talk about the marvel movies all the time having that sort of like sameness quality to them um where people will talk about like how crazy guardians of the galaxy is compared to all the other ones and i'm like yeah, yeah because the movie has color i it? guess like it, to me tonally it feels almost exactly the same i guess it's it's slightly funnier um than something like a thor the dark world but i don't know to me a marvel movie is oh, a marvel it's much movie. funnier than thor the dark world thor the dark world is a drag yeah but there's 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 they still have that weird um sort of scene deflating humor in it that's something that i i genuinely do not like about that first guardians of the galaxy movie is um i'm fine that it's oh, like about the second guardians of the galaxy movie either. well i didn't see it in the second one but um you don't remember taser face and i don't i don't remember anything um uh, but yeah no guardians has these great moments um that are almost always undercut with a joke uh well i mean that, that, that seems to be marvel's kind of shtick in general like it, it's this kind of nink, it's this kind of wink wink nudge nudge hey guys we know it's just a comic book movie don't take it too seriously right um which is yeah, fine I mean, sometimes like, yeah, that but is a... you need to let the movie have drama in it like even a comedy movie has well, to have some dramatic element um well i mean i always kind of go back to like sam raimi's first two spider-man movies as being kind of like the the pinnacle of what that summer blockbuster what that superhero movie is is because you have this wonderful golden age kind of levity uh and happiness laced throughout this film but like when the movie gets dark it allows itself to be dramatic like there are there are moments imbued into each of these characters into each of these scenes that make each sequence and each set piece compelling because there is a legitimate uh sense of danger behind them like at no point like it's like look at like spider-man 2 like i think one of the greatest like superhero set pieces not just in that franchise but of any superhero franchise is his fight with doc ock and the subway yeah uh in spider-man you know the above ground train that exists nowhere in manhattan yeah um it's one right outside my window but not manhattan there's not it's where the High Line yeah, no, would have been if they didn't uh, turn it into a park. Yeah. 
But it, it's it's one of those things where it's like it's it's an incredible scene, and at no point do I feel like, you know, what would make this better? A joke. Some jokes. Yeah, we need a joke in here. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's perfect. It's 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 per like there's some there's some overacting from some of the extras and whatever, but like, uh, it's it's that 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 moment is so memorable and iconic because they let it be a dramatic moment. Um, yeah. Yeah, the, cur- the 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 current Marvel version of that would have had a joke immediately afterwards. I guess it kind of does in that. Um, I'm trying to think of how it all goes down because they're like, well, if you want him, you're going to have to get through me. And Doc Ock's just like, oh, okay. I guess that's okay. kind of, yeah. that's kind of funny. But um, there's no out of place, like weird hammy joke that only exists to make the audience laugh. Like that's a situational, like, you know, them going like language. Yeah. Yeah. That's like a situational thing um, where it, it, it works. Um, they didn't have somebody like, like, poop in the middle of the scene and say, "Oh no, I pooped my pants." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, to be fair, like, Man of Steel probably could have benefited from some fucking amount of levity. Uh, oh yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> I'm not saying because, like again, humor shouldn't drag. exist. Yeah. Um. Batman v Superman. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is a that is a movie. You, you know, I looking looking at Batman v Superman and looking at Justice League. I specifically speaking about the the director's cut, the ultimate cut of Batman v Superman two, where it feels like a more comprehensible film. Yeah. Um. I I like both of those movies. I like the tone of Justice League more mm-hmm. <clears throat> because Justice League feels more in line with mythology like there's a kind of deistic purpose yeah uh to the way that the characters are handled and to the way like things are spoken about like with the old gods taking on uh dark side right um and everything whereas batman v superman is very much mired in its own self-seriousness almost to the point of comedy like that movie's so goddamn oppressively dark Mm -hmm. 100% of the time that it almost comes across as parody. It almost comes across as parody. um, Yeah, particularly in the... With how self-serious it is. Yeah, particularly in the um, theatrical cut, I remember it it has, like, this very strange operatic quality to it, which kind of... That's less so in the, the director's cut. I think that weird sort of disconnected dreamlike quality comes from them cutting the movie up too much um yeah but well it it removes things like perspective and character motivation Mm -hmm. uh to the point where like it it feels like you're watching a a jumbled sequence of events um yeah and the the ultimate cut kind of fixes that because it gives you more screen time with clark kent it gives you more screen time with bruce wayne and you're allowed to get a sense for who these people are and why they would fight right uh, and it doesn't necessarily seem like an arbitrary confrontation when that occurs. Yeah. Uh, that theatrical cut is just kind of a mess. Oh yeah. Uh, um, it it feels it feels almost like surreal to watch it. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, 
it 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 was so shocking um, to see. I didn't remember just my experience in the theater um, of people because, like, at that point, the tomato score had come out and and it had been ripped to shreds before people even got to see it. So there was mm-hmm. just like this this kind of like oh let's just get this over with feeling in the theater um like they knew it was going to be really really bad um and it was uh that first round um there are things that i will defend in that film uh none of them leap to mind at the moment (laughs) i'm sure that they're in there uh it's it's a weird it's a weird movie but what I will say, I mean, I, that's I, I think there's some. Uh, granted, like it, it may be over the top, but what comic book isn't? Sure. Uh, but looking at like the dialogue and some of the ideas that are boiled into what happens when these people meet each other, mm-hmm. and there's definitely things like like I do like like I do like the whole femme fatale aspect of introducing Wonder Woman as this kind of. Uh, antagonistic counterplay to Batman, yeah. where like she shows up and just throws a fucking monkey wrench into his whole plan, right? Uh, with what to do, um, and then when he finally meets her, like he he's kind of at uh, he's kind of at odds because he doesn't know a goddamn thing about her. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when he has those moments where he's like, you know, like nine out of ten men like would let you walk out of here, and she's like, and guess what? You're you're the one. He's like, I've known a lot of women like you, and like she stops and she's like, oh, I don't think you've met any woman like me. And like it's it's a it's a fun it's a fun interaction. Um, and it's it's neat seeing these characters interact in this capacity, uh, especially in a world that feels as alive as this one. Like it, it like Batman v Superman really does a lot to flesh out the world. Right. Uh, God, I hate myself so goddamn much. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like the world building in it, uh, like cutting to those newsreels, and like again, like what you were saying about like people projecting what their vision of superman is and you know people arguing like what if he's just one guy trying to do the right thing or people saying like you know like he's a god and we can't expect a god to come down and obey our laws and like there's this there's this whole big idealistic conversation to be had about the appearance of a a figure like superman and it's interesting to see that conversation take place um but i mean it's 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 just difficult it's difficult at times to be to be in this world and it's so so goddamn depressing all of the time it's one of those things it feels like and i say this about almost everything these days uh it feels like it would have existed better as like a mini series um where we could learn a little bit more about other people like give it time to breathe because it's too heavy it's too heavy for a three even like the three the three hour long version um, well, you know, it's funny, too, like, going back and watching, like, Zack Snyder's, like, the, the director's cut of Watchmen, like, yeah. it's the same thing. It's like, I really like that movie, but, like, fuck, it's, it's consumable, so much. it is not. Yeah, it's, it's, it's too much at once. Which is strange, because Justice League, the Snyder cut version of Justice League that's 26 hours long, um, doesn't feel like that, uh... Yeah, it's it's actually weird because I was thinking about that. Where like it, it does feel like an epic, mm-hmm. and I feel like I would have enjoyed it less if I had split it up into like three or four diff- separate viewings. Yeah, I watched the whole thing um, straight through the first time, and um, I didn't feel like bored or anything. I mean, I had you know the computer up at the same time, and I was able to do other things. 
Um, I was like talking to people online and stuff, but I, I, I didn't feel bored during the movie and I didn't feel at any point like it got too long. It just felt like binge watching a, uh, like a good miniseries. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I feel like I feel like the in, the term indulgent could be thrown around a little oh, bit sure. when you're talking about the <laughs> yeah the the Snyder cut mainly because it's like you might as well have just called it the assembly cut yeah uh, it's like we've got this fucking footage we're gonna use it goddammit. it <laughs> uh, <laughs> like we've got this four minute sequence of these women singing as Aquaman goes back into oh, the oh no that was yeah that was the one time where I was and it's so early in the movie too um, and I was just like oh this is weird <laughs> uh, why are they doing this what what kind of village is this it seems like such a weird tradition you know it was like it was like watching like the hateful eight where it was like it, it felt like it like oh no one wanted to tell him you should probably trim this down a little bit like they let him like edit this yeah um, yeah i feel like because like that was definitely good and, and then that moment happens on like so early on in the movie and it's it's weird because like it, it immediately follows that scene between arthur curry and bruce wayne where they're talking and the scene itself has a much better flow than the theatrical cut did mm-hmm. um like you get a lot more bruce wayne and a lot less ben affleck like how you did in the 2017 uh, version uh and so it's it's a good scene uh and i like the scene i, I like kind of the the banter that they have with each other yeah uh, like, you know, in the, the Joss Whedon cut, uh, they, they talk about, he's like, this is strong man is strongest alone. And he's like, that's not the saying. That's the opposite of the saying. And it's very like, it is that kind of Joss Whedon conversation. Uh, whereas like you look at this version and he was like, have you heard of Superman? Like he died fighting at my side. And Aquaman was like, that's exactly my point. Yeah. <laughs> um, like the, the dialogue feels better. Um, Right, there's so and many moments in this. this whole fucking sequence of this woman singing, and you're like, "Oh my god, is this whole movie gonna be this excessive?" Yeah, and I, yeah, I remember being not. frightened by that, thinking, "Oh no, this," because it, <laughs> up until that point, everything's going great, and then just this moment happens, you're like, "Oh fuck, this is where it begins. This is where it's gonna get real bad, isn't it? I can't. I'm not gonna have to watch this, this for four more hours. Long. What the fuck?" Uh, <laughs> But yeah, no, thankfully, that's that's the only moment that's like that. Um, There are a couple of other moments where I'm just like, well, they could have trimmed this. They could have trimmed a solid 15 seconds out of this scene, um, and it would have played just as fine. But, you know, whatever. I'm, I'm content to let him be indulgent in this movie simply because of, you know, everything that happened um, and him just kind of being fucked over in the way that he was. Um, so it's like, yeah, they, they wanted this to be, you know, content for HBO, HBO now or HBO go or whatever the fuck it's called now, HBO max. Um, yeah, throw every, throw HBO everything Extreme. in the kitchen sink, put it all HBO premium. Plus. Yeah. Put it all, put it all in there. Um, and it works, but, um, yeah, there's so many scenes in that movie where I'm just like, why did they change it to what they did? Um, yeah, no, that, that's a lot of that movie. It's I, crazy you know, one of the things sometimes. I really have to address too is uh, how different the whole movie looks and sounds because of the the way the 2017 version was like color corrected. Um, 
Yeah, they made it brighter. It, it looks like they definitely tried to like brighten the aesthetic up to be more in line with something like a Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it it doesn't work with the way the movie's lit originally. Uh, so when you you oversaturate and blow out all those colors, it just looks like it looks like you're scrolling through Instagram. Yeah, like a teenager's Instagram. It doesn't um, look right. And then you change the score. Uh, from what it was originally intended to be to the Danny Elfman score, where instead of reprising the themes that have been established by any of these individual characters in the DCEU, like, you go back and you're like, oh, well, here's the the John Williams Superman score. Mm-hmm. Which the, felt uh, out of place. Uh, the old Batman. Yeah, the Danny Elfman yeah. Batman one, um, when they did it, it was neat. Uh, and I remember just thinking in the theater, because, like, the, the, the first scene that I could think of it happening was that, like, um, rooftop sequence that the they poorly shot. shot action sequence on the rooftop yeah um where the parademon exploded and left three boxes in the which wall which was so that crazy doesn't make any sense um but yeah no but they they did it subtly in that scene where it was just like the do 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 and it, it kind of took me a minute just to even say oh look it, hey it's it's the thing it's that i remember that um <clears throat> and i remember thinking that was neat in the moment um Looking back on it, but I prefer it the way that the whole yeah, I prefer the yeah, you know, like let's actually make this. Score. Well, it's it's, it's one of those ones where it's like the score can set the tone for the scene so drastically, mm-hmm. uh, like, and you look at that first scene with with Wonder Woman in the bank, uh, and she, with Bruce Bolton, uh, and they're changing the score from that to be more of this whole like, oh, it's this old like comic booky bank robbery like do 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 uh like Wonder Woman's here to save the day yeah. uh and it kind of uh it, it hurts the scene I think more than was intended mm-hmm. um and then when you go back and you you see the way that scene was kind of I guess envisioned uh it plays a lot better and and that scene like there's so many changes to it yeah where I'm like the changes are so small that I don't understand why they were made in the first place. Um, well, some of them in that scene uh, where, like, like, he cuts out the the scene where the girl, she's like, I want to be like you. And then Wonder Woman's like, you could be anything that you want to be. And it's like this nice little superhero yeah. moment. It's like, why did you cut that out? Like, why? Yeah, no, like, there's this, there's this moment where, like, you see, like, she sees the girl and she's like, what's the matter, princess? And I'm like, oh, it's adorable because she called her princess. Um... And then he's like, I want, like, can I be like you someday? And like, she, she's got. She should have said no, because like, funny, technically, like, no. no. <laughs> technically, no. <laughs> technically, no. I am a god. But you know, uh, um, <laughs> you don't say that to a kid. Uh, but this, this sentiment is yeah. there, and this sentiment is this, is this nice, warm kind of feeling. Um, even like little changes, like in, like Bruce Bolton, like in the 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 uh, the Snyder cut, he's like. Uh, like what are you? Uh, and she's like, uh, I'm Batman. No, 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 no. In the in the in the jo- in the Joss Whedon version, uh, he's like, who are you? And she says, I'm a believer. Uh, and then she hits him with the little gauntlet thing and it explodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the Zack Snyder version, uh, he like lowers his gun. He's like, I don't believe it. And then she's like, believe it. And she like, and I'm like, that's such a small, minute change. Like, why the fuck would you have changed that? Yeah. Because you have to call the actor back. You have to restructure, like, rebuild the set. You have to, There's so much that goes into it for no fucking reason. Um, you yeah. have to, like, imagine I mean, how yeah, much money like, are they spending to make these, 
ridiculous little changes. Yeah, and I mean, like, it's it's one of those things where it's like, I'm not saying, like, every single thing Joss Whedon added to the film, like, I, I absolutely detest for the sole fact that it was Joss Whedon's addition to the film. Mm-hmm. Um, there there are moments, there are lines of dialogue that I, I do enjoy. Like, uh, I as, as, as weird as the whole bit of the Flash being like, I don't really, like, fight people. I just kind of, like, push them a little, and then I run away. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> you know, I wasn't really a fan of that, but, like, Batman kind of pulling him aside, he's like, save one person, do it again. Uh, or he was, he was like, save one person, you'll know what to do. Uh, like, like that was a nice kind of moment. Sure. Uh, or him getting into the Nightcrawler and, like, starting to fucking shoot at all the parademons with these giant machine guns, and he's like, sorry, I didn't bring a sword. <laughs> uh, and I'm like, alright, that's, that's pretty funny. Um, and, and the other one I, I always remember the, is at the end there where, like, you know, like, Clark's talking to Batman and he, like, has his arm on him and he's like, how did you get the house back from the bank? And Bruce Wayne's like, I, uh, I bought the bank. Yeah. <laughs> Clark goes like, you bought the bank. And he's like, that's a reflex. I can't help myself. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that was funny. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, like, there are things that, like, in that 2017 version that I can't appreciate. Um, they're few and far between and I, I don't think that they're worth the expenditure of what it cost, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't even hate that movie when it yeah. came out. I remember just thinking it was, uh, it felt like a Saturday morning cartoon, um, which is one hell of a change from what BVS felt like. Uh, I was like, okay, well, I guess if they're going to do it. But, I mean, back then, we also didn't really know how much of the movie was changed and how much had been finished by the time you know Zack Snyder left the project I remember yeah. thinking that uh, it was like oh like half the movie was shot and then he had to come and finish it up and there there was a sizable amount of stuff that needed to be done but when you look back on it now um, and I understand that yeah they did reshoot some stuff to, to finish the Snyder cut but it doesn't seem like they had to shoot all that much um it it does seem like this movie was you know two-thirds of the way through and then they just wanted to completely alter it change it yeah no there's a lot in the in the the joss whedon cut that that seems to be oddly changed a lot more downtime in between the scenes that feel like it's it's not there to motivate the plot uh, but it's it's there to have these kind of character interactions, which I like. I that that's a that's a, that's kind of how the Avengers movies work. Um, mm-hmm. But like again, like this movie feels so different in tone to everything like Marvel's. Like Marvel, like when they do a movie, uh, it's very much like a like an, it's an adventure film. Like it's it's a it's an action movie with some comedy sprinkled throughout. Uh, someone's gonna save the day. Uh, what I appreciated about this Justice League film is that it felt so much grander in scope and scale because it's not just this singular like problem they have to fix like this is like a story this is a legend passed down through generations like you you have like Artemis and Ares and Zeus yeah and the the Atlanteans fighting him alongside the Amazons and the Guardians which is neat to see. Like, like I understand that stuff happens yeah. in the comics, but I never really read a whole lot of Wonder Woman, so I didn't know much about those characters. But well, it's it, it it's neat to see like oh that's that's just <laughs> Zeus the 
the fucking king of the gods fighting with (laughs) a green lantern um yeah like it it gives you this real kind of like mystical feeling uh and then you 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 pair that with tom hokenberg's score where it's this very like majestic horn powered percussive thing with the uh you know, like the bum, 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 bum. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you have that discernible motif throughout, like, the assembling of, like, the old gods and the new gods. Um, and it, it gives it this very, very powerful kind of feeling. Uh, like, every every set piece in the in this movie, I, I unabashedly, like, adore. Like, I really love that whole set piece, like, when Darkseid first shows up and they beat the ever-living shit out of yeah. him. Um like it was great. It was great seeing this this whole big mythological battle as uh, as Diana is explaining it because it feels like this whole big legend that like like it's mythology, like it's mythology passed down through the ages mm-hmm. uh, and is now returned. Uh, and because of that, like the threat feels larger than life, and the the whole thing feels like a a, a grand tale befitting of these larger than life characters. Right. And what feels cool is like seeing the difference in the way that DC handles that versus the way that Marvel handles that. Because um, the whole, you know, dark side thing, there are so many elements in in, in the Marvel movies that are very similar, um, but so very different. Like, um, you know, Thor is very similar to Wonder Woman in terms of the ideas behind those characters. Um, when you have, she's from Greek mythology, and then you have one that's from Norse mythology. But the Marvel movies, the way that they handle it, is that, like, yeah, technically they're the Norse gods, but they're really just an advanced civilization. They're really just, yeah, they're they're aliens that kind of, you know, they talk about how, like, when science gets to a mm-hmm. point, it appears to be like magic. Which is fine. Um, um, it, it's a fine way to take it. But it's neat to see the contrast of DC just being like, no, these are, <laughs> these are just the Greek gods. Um, they're exactly who you think they are. Uh <laughs> We don't need to explain. Also, we have, like, the Christian God in our universe. Um, I wonder wonder if they'll ever put that in one of the movies. Um, I can't think of the character that it's connected to. I want to say it's, like, the Spectre or something. But they call it the Presence. But in some of the things, they just straight up call it Yahweh. Or uh, So it's just like, oh, yeah, no, that's... That's the god of the fucking Bible, um, and he fights alongside Batman and Superman sometimes. I want to. I, I want to see them go balls out and put that in a movie. And just say, you know what? Fuck it, we're doing it. Um, Fuck it, here we go. This is this is Yahweh. Is anyone Yahweh. watching these movies anyway? Yeah. I mean, statistically speaking, what, what was it? It was some large percentage of people that started the Snyder Cut never finished it. Oh, probably. I'm sure. Yeah, I I, I didn't hear. <laughs> they got to that fucking the scene of that woman singing, and they're like, "Oh, <laughs> like, fuck, no, no, I can't no, do this. This is everything I feared it would be." And they immediately <laughs> turned off their TV and never turned it back on. And I'm, you know, I understand. I get it, fellas. <laughs> uh, I was I was be, also. You frightened. know, to be fair, I. I <laughs> To be fair, I I've watched that movie. You know, it 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 upsets me too to an extent because uh, you you see the the toxicity behind the the people that advocated for this film's creation, uh, and you see people still be so fucking salty about it. Like it after it was like you know like, 
like release the Snyder Cut, then it was restore the restore restore the Snyderverse, uh, and it was people going around like placing stickers on like Birds of Prey and being like, oh well, forget this bullshit, like go like watch the Snyder Cut, and I'm like, how the fuck can you be so goddamn entitled that you get what you yeah, want and still, still think that it's not enough? About it. uh, yeah. And then they like review bombed Godzilla King of the Monsters because they're like, oh, it's not Snyder. Um, <laughs> and it's like, do you fucking argument. not understand? This is a different property. Um, <laughs> That's not Zack Snyder. You're did right. you not hear about that? <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> yeah, no, they they review bombed uh, Godzilla King of the Monsters uh, to defend the Snyderverse for some fucking reason. I don't understand. I really don't understand it. Uh, but these fans <laughs> are like crazy. the worst, and I. I, I, it, like it's it's terribly tragic what happened to Zack Snyder. I'm very happy that he he got a chance to finish a movie that he was so clearly passionate about. Yeah. Uh, I wish his fans were more mature, mm-hmm. and I say that uh, fully aware of the hypocrisy that I am a completely immature individual. Sure. Um, who does like this movie? Uh, yeah. No, I yeah. hate fans of no, things, I, and I've said this before. <laughs> And it's it it sounds hypocritical because I'm also ostensibly fan uh, a fan of things sometimes. Um, oh, like don't get me wrong, like I love Star Wars. Star Wars fans are the fucking worst. Yeah, I I, I, I often think, what is the worst fandom? And it's got to be that one, right? Like they're driving people really to does. the brink of suicide. Like, um, granted, with the prequels, everybody hated them, so it wasn't just. Uh, you know nerd toxicity uh but man the yeah they're i they they are they're bad people um just put it put it like that uh uh and like i i feel like i've got to put it out like to our our listeners if, if anyone's listening. both of them yeah. um uh, if if you're offended by what we're saying you're the problem you're probably the problem yeah like if, <laughs> if, if if you're like if you're sitting there being like yeah i can see that then we're not you're not the ones that we're talking about yeah <laughs> like if, if you're the if you're the fucking people out here being like oh why did they change the name from the sleep one to boob fit starship like you can go fuck yourself like i'm sorry but go fuck yourself mm-hmm. um this is uh, weird i've gotten blocked by people. so many people on twitter just because it's one of those things where it's like I will not block people. I will fucking argue with people on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I, I've had to consciously divorce myself from that world over the years because, God, when I go back and I listen to the, um, you know, the old podcasts, uh, I, 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 I've, I've particularly had fun listening to the ones that Zach was on and, like, all of our arguments and stuff. Because he is pretty... Um, he, he was pretty... Uh, laid back about most things uh um, oh much much more than we are yeah way more so and uh so so we would get into these arguments like just these these petty petty things um and looking back on it thinking like how how much time i spent in my life uh just <laughs> just a fucking comic book movie yeah like like why did i care so much about this this horribly innocuous thing um i could have been like going to med school and learning to help other people (laughs) but instead i was sitting on reddit and 4chan vehemently arguing about comic book movies deep deep (laughs) deep into my 20s like 
As if it mattered. Like, as if it was a thing that mattered. What? I said time moves forward and nothing changes. Yeah, I, yeah, it is. Well, like, what, what I find about myself now, it's I'm I'm equally useless, but I, I don't care about things the way that I used to. And I, I, I feel like I'd I at least try to be more um, charitable uh, towards movies and stuff. I, because, I, like, God, I still remember you almost fucking popping a goddamn aneurysm when that one person was talking about The Force Awakens. And they were like, well, it's not like you saw, like, why, why would Han Solo go to confront Kylo Ren? Like, it's not like you saw Luke confront Vader and, like, surrender and like, give up his lightsaber. <laughs> why would he throw down his weapon or whatever to confront? I was like, Did you not? Have you ever seen Star Wars? What the fuck? That's how he, he gives him the lightsaber. He hands it to him. He's trying, like, he turns it on. He's like, oh, this is like your father, whatever he says. What? It's like, you ever, you ever, you ever see someone? You ever see do you someone really and think? They have... <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, I could remember the Reddit comment, too. You're like, do you really think that Luke Skywalker would have gone to confront Darth Vader unarmed? <laughs> I almost, yeah, I almost died. <laughs> I almost died. Because it was so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that so vividly because I thought you were going to pop a blood vessel and they had to the hospital. <laughs> oh, I don't even know if I have the same, like, Reddit, if I could even go look that up. But, I, I, yeah. Oof. Oh, boy. Some people, man. Some okay. People. Well, it's like, listen, like, you, you have these people who have their opinion on certain things. And they're like, yeah, you, you are entitled to your wrong-ass opinion. Just understand that your opinion has to be categorized under the file of wrong-ass. But then you have people who are just ostensibly wrong about things. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Right, because, like, you could, you could, like, be a huge fan of every single Marvel movie, and I'll be like, okay, that's fine. Um, I don't love all those movies, and I don't hate all those movies. But yeah, if you're going to have an opinion that is just... Because that's not even an opinion. That's like... That's just being wrong about something. <laughs> that's like uh, saying like... Well, do you think that George Washington would really cross the fucking Delaware? That's <laughs> insane. It's just like, what? <laughs> uh, I mean, that's, that's, that's fair. That's, that's in line with current day uh, ideology. Well, I mean, looking, looking, looking back at, like, everything that occurred over the Trump presidency, and they're like, oh, well, do you really think he would have said this? And everyone's like, motherfucker, we have tapes? Like, mm -hmm. yes, he did. He said this. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. Yeah, with him, it was always just like, just think of the worst thing that he could say and, and wait. Like, um, <laughs> it's, yeah. That's over. He's going to be president soon again, though, in in August. Um, this month, in fact. Um, the Pillow Man from television told me this. Uh, and Trump himself also believes it. He says, 
he thinks that there is a way for him to get back in August, despite that there is no legal mechanism in place to facilitate that. <coughs> I think it's going to happen. Two more weeks. Well, so, uh, no, I, I know people here that, that have the, uh, and it's, it sucks, because, like, I used to try to, like, out conspiracy theorists the conspiracy theorists, because they're so fucking stupid, I wanted to see what the line of demarcation was to get them off their bullshit. Like, it, like, like, I, like, I know someone who's just, like, they faked the moon landing, uh, and you just have to, like, look at them and, like, straight face being like, you fucking believe in the moon? Sheeple. <laughs> uh, and just, like, see, like, when they break. Uh, I thought that was hilarious. But, like, now there's no point, because it, it's, it's always, like, crazier than you can fucking imagine. Crazier than you can conjure. People just, mm -hmm. uh, just saying, like, oh, well, you know, the, the, this is not true, by the way. Uh, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just reiterating what I've heard people say, where they're like, the, uh, the COVID vaccine has a brain-controlling microchip, and it's like a spider that will crawl and attach itself to your brainstem and will control your every actions. Uh, and they're doing this so that Joe Biden can hand over the country to the Chinese. And they're, they're, one day they're going to activate those chips and everyone's going to walk out of their house and you're going to be replaced by a Chinese family. And I'm sitting there going like, what the fuck? Like, this is so fucking cataclysmically absurd. It seems a bit far-fetched. Um... Yeah, like at like every conceivable <laughs> level, like I don't know how to one-up that. Like, I, I just straight up don't know how to one-up that gonna be replaced by a chinese family where Fuck, like, where am i gonna go yeah yeah listen listen so um my boyfriend's mother made a fucking comment and she was like well you know the world's not really round and everyone had to stop me like all right hold up <laughs> what uh and they're like yeah no the world like i don't think the world's flat but it's definitely not round they're just lying it's to you square and so i had to tell her like oh yeah no you're right the earth is actually shaped like a cylinder it's flat on both ends and then round mm -hmm. in the center yeah um in fairness i thought that what she's going to eventually get to was that like the earth is elliptical which is true it's not a perfect sphere um it's kind of like a walkie sphere but uh that doesn't sound like what she was trying to express no well, let me tell you that this is the same person who was talking about the microchips Nice. Okay. God. Yeah, I don't know. Um, so Justice League. I've had League. COVID vaccine. I haven't died yet. But I still hope. Um, <laughs> Any day now, I'm just going to keel over. <laughs> yeah. So there's a light at the end of this tunnel. And Justice League. So yeah, um... I you know, I like that Snyder cut, and I'm almost shocked that uh, that I liked it as much as I did. Which is yeah. not to say that I can't force myself to like a Snyder movie. Um, I'm just shocked that I didn't have to force myself. Like, um, that it was just it was good. Like, and that's because like, you know, say what you will about him as a filmmaker, but he's got these like sort of quirks uh, uh, about his his films um, and this one just didn't really have that for the most part there were moments like the ladies singing and the, but um, 
it just felt like a regular ass movie. Uh, felt like a very Snydery movie, but it was it was well constructed. Um, it wasn't. It didn't feel like sloppy. It felt indulgent and a bit bloated. Like you could trim certain it, things down. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I feel like the thing that's lacking out of most of Snyder's films is a certain semblance of nuance. Uh, yeah. But with this just being a kind of unabashed fairy, I don't want to say fairy tale, a fable about like gods and man, mm-hmm. uh, like it, it's it's allowed to exist larger than life without that certain sense of nuance. Right. Um, and it feels I, like I, he's always wanted to tell that story, so it makes me question looking back on everything else, like how much of that was him being. Um, you know, a so-so filmmaker, or how much of that was him having to fight the studio to to realize his entire vision? Like, has he always been this competent um, if you just let him, you know, do what he wants to do? Um, yeah. I don't know. Because uh, the thing about, you know, him, like, I, and I like him as a filmmaker, generally speaking, Um <clears throat> but when you watch a Zack Snyder movie, you kind of have to go in expecting like, okay, it's going to be a little bit sloppy and cause he's got his, 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 uh, he's got his things that he does. There's going to be no room for, for nuance or yeah. any subtlety at all. It's, it's mm-hmm. all going to be very upfront, but this, uh, didn't really feel like <clears throat> that. Uh, I don't know. I simply yeah, it, don't know. It, I feel like it's a product of the source material not necessarily needing that certain sense, and them not, like, pursuing it. Because, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, like, you look at Watchmen, and I do really love Watchmen, uh, but there is a certain sense of the scenes not fitting the tone of what the story demanded, uh, yeah. and that just seems like a, a certain lack of understanding in what the story was actually trying to convey. Like, it's, it's lacking that nuance. And then with Batman v Superman, um, it is not even an absence of that nuance in Chris Terrio's writing, but it's kind of an absence on how to handle it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then with this, it's they just went like, fuck it. It's a story about people punching gods, and you're like, dope. Uh, right, and then the other thing well, is... Um... <laughs> But the other thing with Batman v Superman that, like, I feel like people forget in the saga of that movie is the script of that. We don't know um, how much of that script was uh, uh, chopped up. Like, there was a thing with um, David S. Goyer being the original writer of that movie, right? And then Mm -hmm. when Affleck and his team came on... uh, he brought Terrio on, and he was like, okay, we're just going to rewrite it. But then, from what I understand, um, there was some kind of thing with the... What is the WGA, the Writers Guild Association? Okay. Mm-hmm. Saying that, like, because uh, Goyer is still attached to the project, he has to have X amount of... I, 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 I'm not entirely sure how it works, but I remember reading... An article about this. I think they even talked about that in the Red Letter Media uh, review of that. I think we talked about it too um, when we reviewed the movie because I remember Zach saying something about like, "Oh, that's definitely a Goyer line." Um, when 
when the guy that would eventually go on to become uh i was about to call him green goblin but that's not who he is he's the martian manhunter um he's like uh lois lane comes in and he's like oh well you oh, with balls, balls like, like those that, you, you deserve yeah. to be in here in the men's room yeah. Um, yeah. yeah so i don't know how much of that was like terrio's doing um and how much of it was you Goyer's know, I, doing and how much like the arguing behind the scenes went with that i am uh, i am trying to uh to put myself in chris terrio's shoes right now and i really 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 want to give this man the benefit of the doubt the doubt uh i mean he won an oscar like, for for screenwriting in like one of his first pictures so it's like he's competent i know that he can yeah but then we also have <clears throat> rise of skywalker yeah <laughs> yeah that was kind of the one because it was like batman v superman like you know you can you don't know how much of this is is the behind the scenes error you don't know how much of this is necessarily just the handling of the material by a director who can't really sure. do a, a whole lot of nuance um yeah and he gets some like justice league um and like i, I while i really like the 2021 one he's still credited as the screenwriter for the 2017 one uh and you're like oh fuck boy uh not fuck boy but like fuck boy um <laughs> and then it's like the rise of skywalker comes out and you're like ah like I can only give you the benefit of the doubt for so long and you give me the rise of Skywalker and I'm like Ugh. but mm-hmm. but anyways um I, I I did I did really like this justice like it, it's crazy to me because like the Marvel movies are more consistently entertaining and enjoyable um and while I would much rather watch a uh, a train wreck of a disaster than something that I find to be kind of bland and mediocre um, sure. there is a certain level of consistency with all the Marvel films yeah <clears throat> that being said I've watched the Snyder Cut, like, four, five times at this point. Um, oh, wow, okay. And I've liked it slightly better, like, with every passing viewing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've I gone back and watched individual scenes. I don't think I've watched it straight through twice yet. Yeah, no, I've, I've watched it straight through a few times, and it's, it's, uh, it's like, it's, it's paced uh, well enough to not make it feel like it's 50 hours long. Um, yeah. It is long. It's a, it's a, it's a like a, a near whole day affair, um, mm-hmm. but like I, I do enjoy it. And every single time I watch it, I'm like, yep, this is still cool. I still appreciate this. This doesn't drag. Like this is still entertaining. Um, conversely, I don't think I will ever, ever, ever watch Endgame a second time. Yeah. <clears throat> um. Yeah. I mean, I only watched it once. I watched infinity war and endgame both once um and i liked them both uh i liked them both more than i thought that i would uh and i thought it was a nice little nice little end of of that era of the mcu and kind of for me just like the end of the mcu i haven't seen any of the other ones that came out after it um i think i started to watch spider-man it's it's a it's funny because it's like uh, you would have the point like do you remember do you remember just like you know this marvel movie came out and it broke pre-sale records or it broke thursday night box office records or it broke opening weekend records or it broke you know like pg-13 movie in this demographic records uh and then like black widow came out and i've heard fucking nothing yeah i mean um all i've heard is that scarlett johansson is suing uh disney for their handling of the release thing yeah um which i mean i don't care i i do not care about actors uh salaries but 
Especially considering I think she made $20 million from it already. It's just like, come on, dude. This is where, because um, like she was attached to another controversy where she was talking about, well, like the disparity between um, male actors and female actors and how much they make. And I remember that taking off for a while and people talking about it as if it was an actual uh, fucking problem. But the thing is, is when you're talking about actors at that level, I don't give a fuck about anything that, like, they have to complain about. Because here's the thing. if you, I've been an actor uh, kind of my whole life. Um, I've never made fucking shit. Uh, most actors do not. So, like, if you're going to cry about, like, oh, I only made $20 million, it's just, like, you understand how fucking awful that sounds to all of the other people. And this is another thing um, where when we're talking about, like, representation in, in, in media and stuff as well, like, my opinion on that is... I, I think it's 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 great to have representation in media. However, I don't like when we talk about it as if like these these jobs that they're creating are going to anybody but the same fucking five people every time. It's like <laughs> I, I mean, like they'll talk about like oh look at all of this Asian representation in media, and it's like well what does that actually mean? It just means that Aquafina has another twelve credits on her fucking IMDb. Um, that doesn't really change much for your average Asian actor. Um, it doesn't really change. Like, I, I wish that we were looking at this in a different way. Um, because the cultural aspect of representation in media is important. It's important for people to see themselves represented. However, um, I really do wish that we were looking at this like, well, yeah, but we're not really employing anybody new um, I wish that this sort of energy that we put into complaining about things like that was put into something that was actually helping real people fucking somewhere. Like, um... You know, I, I've actually got a... Like, I don't know if you remember when the, uh, the David Harbour Hellboy film came out. Do you remember that one? Uh, yeah. Yeah, vaguely. I did not see it, but I remember. Um, he said oh, something man. about it being a the kind of movie you watch on a plane <laughs> yeah no but i've, I've actually got to give um props i believe it was ed screen right uh where uh they casted ed screen as a character for that film um and he found out that the character he was supposed to portray is asian and he dropped out of the film and he's like no you should hire someone asian to do this role yeah absolutely well and this is where i'm saying like i would like them to be putting more of that energy into finding like new actors um because mm -hmm. it's always the same time people actor. yeah well i mean i'm a bit biased i wish i would get some of those <laughs> asian roles um but you could uh, be shang chi like <laughs> no i'm just saying like it, it would be nice if like we were i don't know there's so many ways that we could go about uh looking at at, at, at representation and looking at um not real, because like, at the end of the day, there there are twelve jobs in Hollywood in any given year, and so like, what are you gonna do? Um, I wish that we were focusing more on like real people in real jobs, um, and not these like make believe movie jobs that 
we're we're talking about people that are already fucking wealthy and connected. It's like, I do you really think that you're changing the world by that? Um, I don't know, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and to be fair, like diversity and representation is going to be a problem in media just in in general and it, it probably will be one for the foreseeable future the the only show that i can really think of that has like a, a vast amount of representation is amazon's the expanse um but i, feel I don't like really know what that is huh i don't really know what that is oh it's quite good um first season's a little slow it's a lot of setup um but it's good it's very good um but i feel like science fiction has always been kind of the the outlet for people to explore what that diversity and what that inclusivity looks like in in the future context, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, like, science fiction, as, as dystopic and apocalyptic as, as a lot of science fiction properties are, there is a certain sense of... That, that there's an equalization that happens when you, when you look at these worlds and you see them and all of these different peoples represented in a story. Not necessarily... Uh, for the sake of representation, but to just be these characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a good show. Yeah. You should watch The Expanse. Watch The Expanse. Uh, season 5 just ended. Season 6 coming at some point, probably next year. Uh, mm-hmm. It's good. It's very, very good science fiction show. Probably probably the best science fiction show, I would say, on television since uh last couple seasons of Doctor Who have kind of been garbage. Wow, that's sexist um, of you to say. Uh, they actually just announced that her and her showrunner are are, uh, are leaving. Uh, oh, really? Following, yeah, following the completion of this next season and some specials. Have they announced uh, anything about the new Doctor? They have not. Uh, that's probably going to be some time off. Um, I'm more interested in seeing who they announce as the showrunner. Um, I think Jodie Whittaker is actually a really good actor for the Doctor. Um, and it's it's funny because they released occasionally, like when COVID kind of first hit, uh, she did this video uh, for, I think it was just like the Doctor Who Twitter thing, where she was going over like COVID re- regulations, right? And she was just like talking like very candidly. And she's like, you know, don't panic. Like, think of it this way, like blah, blah, blah. Uh, and like, she, like, and, like that's a moment where she was just being the Doctor as herself. And it was impeccable. She did a great fucking job. Uh, and I feel like it's it's just the writing and the direction of the show on behalf of the showrunner that has failed her as an actor because she's a good actor. Uh, there's a lot of things that she does with that character that I really appreciate. I just wish the stories that she was in were good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's 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 it was a it was a. You ever you ever see a show uh, fall and stumble so goddamn hard? And they're like, all right, you know what? We we took your feedback. We're gonna address some of these problems, and they come at you with the next season. And they do address those problems, but in that same breath, they fuck up in a whole slew of different ways. So it's like, it's like you still failed, but you somehow failed in a completely different manner. And in that regard, that's somewhat impressive. Uh, yeah. If I wasn't so goddamn angry at your show right now. Hmm. Doctor Who, everybody. Doctor Who. I've never I really watched it. Um. That is an English program. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it's got uh, no semblance of consistency whatsoever. It might as well be the DCEU, 
we haven't yeah. even talked about the wonder woman movies or the suicide squads i feel so, like there's nothing we're, we're really just beating a dead horse with suicide squad at this point it sucks um <laughs> we'll see the new one remember when we saw the world premiere that was crazy what remember when we saw the world premiere of suicide squad fuck we sat like a row or two behind jaden smith it was um, such a strange um event i remember life. them kicking all the cosplayers out and us being like fuck, i, why I you... remember being furious about that yeah um, it's like you want the people just up like harley quinn to sell this fucking movie because these are the people who are gonna love your movie yeah those when you let like you're letting the fans in okay because it's not just about like cosplayers although because like there were a few of them um but it was people like wearing suicide squad you know merchandise um that they were kicking out and then letting these people in that were like clearly like these rich manhattanite um boomers that had no idea what the fuck suicide squad was uh and it was just like how backwards is that like i understand that it's it's a fancy movie premiere or whatever but it's like fucking kevin smith was wearing a jersey um fucking jaden smith was wearing several different outfits um and i'm not disparaging either of those people however it's just like you 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 see the you see the contradiction there like you you don't care that you know rich and famous people get to wear whatever they want to go see the movie but you care about uh the person that's wearing you know a harley quinn t-shirt to go see the harley quinn movie probably something that they would talk about for the rest of their lives um, and would be like a, a, a deeply meaningful experience for them. And they're like, nope, get out. Get out. Get out. Yeah, that uh, that was a night. That was a movie. I mean, arguably that was a movie. That was a sequence <laughs> of, of sounds some... and pictures. There were some sights. There were some sounds. Did you read um, uh, David Ayer's Twitter thing recently? Where he was talking uh, about Suicide Squad? No, I remember after the Snyder Cut came out, he was talking about like, oh yeah, you know, my version of the Suicide Squad's also like essentially done. It just needs to be released. And everyone's like, cool, don't care. <laughs> the whole world moved on with their lives. <laughs> um, uh, no, I have he heard. say on Twitter? I, I've had heard uh, some people being like, release the air cut and whatever. Who fucking cares? Um you know it is what it is i but i do remember him saying in the very beginning like no this is the exact movie that i wanted to release um i remember that as well and so that has changed he said on twitter uh it was kind of uh he like he posted two images of like a word document that he typed out um and most of it was just him saying like yeah a lot of shit went down i'm not going to talk about it uh, just know that there was a deeply different version of this movie that did not have a single radio song in it. Um, uh, it was it was it was a very different movie. I don't think you're ever going to see that movie. And then he's like, and I'm never going to talk about it again. It's a very truncated version of what he said, um, but that's more or less the the point of it. Um, so there is an air cut out there somewhere. Uh, I it's, do it's feel right next to Tarantino's the whole bloody affair. Yeah, I don't know. I just it it seems so strange. Like looking back at Suicide Squad as a movie, um, 
like... Sorry, I, I didn't see you throw up the air quotes, did you? Yeah, uh, <laughs> I did. I did. Um, there are so many scenes in that movie that are just disconnected to anything. Like, there are things that characters say that make me go, what the fuck? Like, you remember... <laughs> <laughs> you remember when um, Jared Leto's like, you tried to fix me by erasing my mind. And it's just like, wait, what does that mean? Um, and, and I guess like the, the, cause there's another line where he's talking about something similar where I guess like they tried to erase all of Joker's memories. And that was the thing that was in a movie that we didn't see because they didn't release it that way. Um, but they kept the line about it in there and it's just so baffling that they would choose to do that. Um, I really like, would like to see what they shot. Like, it does... Because I remember Jared Leto, um, you know, when that movie came out, saying basically, like, we shot, like, a well. movie's worth of footage that you're never going to see. And I, I, I want to know what it was. I want to know, like... It, it just sounded like they just turned a camera on and they were just shooting stuff. Um and then tried to make well, a movie out of it later. But it also kind of reminds me of, uh, do you remember back when, like, The Amazing Spider-Man 2 was being filmed? And there were all these reports where, like, oh, you know, Shailene Woodley was cast as Mary Jane uh, Watson. Uh, yeah. And then she was just edited out of the movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And then they Mary had Jane all those deleted scenes where it's, like, Peter Parker's father was still alive and he was a spy. And he comes back and sees him and is like, I'm sorry, Peter, like, I wanted to keep you safe. But, like, his dad's still alive. And you're like, what the fuck? Uh, that sounds so lame. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't care about Peter Parker's parents at all, and I hated that those movies tried to make them relevant. Because um, they're just not. Like, it's such a non-issue. It's like, yeah, he's raised by his it's aunt uncle. It's up, guys. Yeah, I guess, I guess it begs the question, like, what happened to them? But I don't know why that n- means they had to be, like, super spies or something. Like, lots of people have parents that die. It's a, just a tragedy that happens in the world. But it doesn't mean that their parents were, you know, globe-trotting secret agents. Yeah. Maybe they just were in a car accident. It's like, does it need to be more than that? Um, God, you know, it, it strikes me, too, watching the, the, the Snyder Cut, how many <laughs> they're fucking, like... Oh, what was it? Um, How many bad drivers are in that movie? Like, how many people get hit with fucking cars in that movie? A lot. Um, it's some a people, lot. Yeah. Some people die uh, because they get hit by the Batmobile. Uh, but it wasn't like a direct him killing them thing, so it didn't count. Yeah. He just drove yeah. a car through another Man, car do you remember, and made it you blow remember up. one line Batman had in Justice League where he was like, I don't care how many, uh, how many demons and how many hells he's fought. He's never fought us. Not us united. And they took that out of the 2017 version. <laughs> well, that was, another, that was another baffling decision. Yeah. Justice League, I, I I enjoyed that. I you know what? I've actually I've actually got a question to ask you. Um, because I heard some people talking about this. Um, how'd you feel about the aspect ratio? Uh, didn't like it. Um, thought it was weird. Thought it was kind of distracting, but I got over it pretty quickly. Yeah, it's a little, again, like, talking about an exercise in indulgence where he, he released the movie in IMAX format on a streaming site knowing that would never be released in IMAX theaters. Um, 
Yeah, that and, was a uh, but weird. what is strange is that it. I don't think it was shot that way. No, I don't think so either. I think he cropped um, it that it, way later. Yeah, I I did I did hear uh, an argument in its defense, uh, mm-hmm. talking about like how when you have a movie filmed in like two thirty five, what you would particularly imagine to be like the quote unquote like epic cinematic aspect ratio. Yeah. Uh, that like Star Wars movies are filmed in things like that. Uh, you know, they're saying like you get a lot of scene, uh, but the characters in that scene are small. Like they're they're condensed and they're shorter because you know you they seem smaller on the screen. And what you get from this aspect league of the uh, the aspect ratio of the Justice League is because of the way it's framed, the characters appear much larger on screen. Uh, so you embody these larger-than-life characters by giving them the presence to fill the screen in its entirety. And I'm like, I... I understand that. I, is is that really a happy coincidence? Or was that the intended effect? I'm not sure. Um, but it's the first argument I've seen in defense of that, and so I just I felt compelled to bring it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, I look, if... if a director wants to shoot their movie in a weird aspect ratio. Uh, I think they have the right to do that. So I guess that's all I really have to say on it. Um, but it was weird. Like I, I like, yeah, it, it was, it was weirdly distracting for that first part of the movie. You get used to it, like I said, but, um, I don't know. It didn't enhance my experience. Um, you said, uh, man, Wonder Woman's um, the Wonder Woman's I really like Wonder Woman and Batman v Superman and I really really like Wonder Woman and Justice League yeah um, and I did I liked not her like in Wonder her Woman first in either movie. of her respective films oh you didn't like the, the first one uh not I mean granted it's been a long time since I've seen the first one I remember there being problems that outweighed my enjoyment of it though mm-hmm. um, I remember really liking like the No Man's Land sequence yeah uh, and the movie kind of peaking there uh, mm-hmm. And then the movie kind of devolving into an incomprehensible mess by the end of the film. Yeah, I remember it, it turns a into a big red. CGI stupid thing at the end, um, and I hated that. But I was pretty okay with the movie itself. Um, to me, it felt like a better version of uh, that first Captain America movie, because mm-hmm. I didn't like that movie at all. Um, what? But they danced. There was a dance number and a dance montage. I, it made me want to kill myself. <laughs> Listen, we wanted a we wanted a super soldier, but because we only got one, we're gonna make you sing and dance. Mm-hmm. Couldn't you just hire an actor to do that? We'll do that later when you're actually fighting people, and we realize we could have just hired an actor to play you initially all that time ago. <laughs> so yeah, um, I've heard people when I make that complaint. I've heard um, some people think that I was talking about like the like him dancing with Peggy at the end or whatever. Um, that's not what I'm talking about. Uh, what I'm talking about is, is the big Broadway style dance sequence. Uh, it, 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 the first, you know, uh, kind of midway through the second act, um, where they say, well, we wanted an army of super soldiers. Um, so, (laughs) Steve Rogers, guy that has been trying to get into the army for uh, your entire life. Uh, now that you're capable of fighting in the army, we don't want you to do that. We think that you would be much better served 
um, being a, a dancer <laughs> to sell war bonds is a propaganda piece. Now, let me be clear. I think that the idea of using Captain America for the purposes of propaganda makes perfect sense. However, you don't have to use the real fucking Captain America to do that. You could hire somebody and dress him up and, and, and do that and have the real guy off fighting in the war even if he's not, like, doing anything super interesting. And, like, how do you not want to study him afterwards where you're just like, well, the super soldier serum project was failed, but science can learn nothing from you, literal super person who has never existed in the history of mankind. There is nothing that you could do for us. You are completely useless. Get the fuck out right now. <laughs> we're going to teach you how to do the electric slide. <laughs> you're going to we're going to you're going to pretend to punch Hitler um in these shows. Mind you, it's not the real Hitler. Like they they figured out that you could cast a fake version of another famous person <laughs> to do a play. <laughs> but they didn't. <laughs> but it wasn't they couldn't do that. They couldn't figure out how to do that with Steve fucking Rogers. Like, what the fuck you mean we can't get the real Adolf? Is he busy? What is he doing? You, you can't. Yeah, I don't know. Guess we'll have to get Charlie Chaplin then. They have the same mustache. Um, I, yeah, hi, I, wow, God. That movie, I hate it. I hate it so much. And yet it's thought of as like a really good movie. When you talk about like the early Marvel movies, that's always held up as one that's like one of the better ones, right? No, um, no I fucking, I, no, no. I mean, I, I hear a lot of talk about the Winter Soldier. Um, yeah, no, but that's not, that's like phase two. I mean, in phase you one. Know, you know, um, my, uh, my boyfriend actually, he, he likes talking about the first Avenger. Uh, and I, I bring up that it's, it's boring and lame and limp. Uh, and he says, but yeah, but that shows you how much he's grown as a person, as a, a fighter in the Winter Soldier. And I'm like, okay, but like you understand that like imagine if this first movie wasn't financially successful and it never got a sequel, we would have never gotten the Winter Soldier. You don't have to do an origin story, just do the movie that's interesting. But Captain America himself wasn't like a bad fighter in that movie. He was... A he was a brilliant super no, soldier. They just didn't let him. No, he had, he had super strength, and he's going to, like, kind of roundhouse punch everything. He also used guns in that movie, and then he stopped using those. Does Captain America use guns in the comics? That's a good question. I don't think so. I've never read a Captain America comic in my life. I've read plenty of comics with him in it, but... Um, yeah, I don't think he... I, uh, I can't really picture it. Anyway, it's, like, it's it's one of those things too where it's like, uh, you know, Patty Jenkins when WW eighty four was coming out, uh, she was like, you know, my Wonder Woman's not gonna use a sword and a shield. Uh, and I remember like reading that, being like, all right, uh, and then everyone got up in arms about it, and I'm just like, guys, fucking chill. Um, she always uses sword in the and films. Like, it, well, I mean, like, she uses a sword in fucking both the other movies. Um, yeah, I guess, but... And she's great with it. It's fucking cool. Like, the Flash literally calls her Sword Lady. 
Um, sure. <laughs> but it's 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 one of those things too where it's like there's uh, of the problems I have with watching uh, that second Wonder Woman movie, like that did not even enter my brain. Uh, mm. I watched it for the first time last night. You said you tried. I started watching it and I was like, oh, I don't wanna. <laughs> um, I got through like the American Ninja Warrior sequence and I was like, I've heard that this movie isn't very good. Um, and so I don't want to just like watch a movie just to tear it apart. Uh, so I was like, oh, oh did you not it. even get to the eighties stuff? Uh, well, I've like kind of, I've, I've since it came out, I I've seen bits and pieces of it. Um, man, like I'd say a good 30% of that movie is just straight reaction shots of people making goofy faces at the camera. Yeah, I've heard um, that it's got, like, weird tonal problems with it. Um, characters, particularly the Kirsten Wig character, um, not... Wait, is it Kristen Wig or Kirsten Wig? It's Kristen Wig. I think right? it's Kristen Wig. I think you're thinking of Kirsten Dunst. Yeah, I don't know why I said Kirsten. That's weird. Um, uh, so the Kristen Wig character uh, people had problems with. Um, and she turns into a cheetah. For no reason. She says she wants to be an apex predator. I've seen that scene. Yeah, this movie feels like So I'm I'm on I'm on the fence about whether I I like it or whether I hate it. You uh, like the I... weird furry character. Yeah, no, correct. No, uh in, in, in its in its tone, um, and I, I feel like I have to preface this by saying I know this movie was not made for me. Sure. Uh, I, I know it was that. made for girls. Uh, I have a I have a, a you know a very good friend of mine like he has a daughter, and you know Wonder Woman eighty four is his favorite movie that DC has made. Oh wow! Uh, okay, blowing out the original Wonder Woman like out of the water, um, just because you know he's like you know I saw the movie like with my daughter and she's like fifteen years old and like this is kind of at that age and it's like he had an experience in the theater that I could not have just because i'm not yeah. a father i don't have a daughter mm -hmm. uh and because that that experience was so magical to him like it 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 puts me at a little like hesitation uh because i have to disconnect uh the feelings that i have for the film uh just generally speaking uh mm -hmm. with the perception that that film uh is given to the people that it was given to you know uh so I, I, I want to be as, as, as civil as I can about this when I say, like, I did not like the movie. Uh, I if, if you did, I'm not saying that you're wrong. If you sure. got something out of it that I didn't, very happy for you. Uh, mm -hmm. I didn't get that experience. Um, with that being said, holy shit, was this movie goofy. <laughs> um, like, it was, it was just straight up, like, like again, like, fucking a good 30% of it was people. Like, it feels like, it feels like, they told Gal Gadot uh, and Pedro Pascal that this was going to be a very serious film. And so they they were very sincere with their portrayals. Even, even Pedro Pascal, who's a very ridiculous character, like he mm -hmm. puts in as much emotion as he can to this very over-the-top, silly, nonsensical role. And he's acted like he's really trying, and I do like Pedro Pascal. Yeah, um, well, and he's, he's a great actor. I've never seen him not be good in something yeah um granted uh, i've precisely. only seen him in two things so <laughs> uh 
That's not true. Um. Anyway, I don't want to throw us off track. Go. But 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 yeah. So like it's like he he gives a very sincere and uh, performance, and even Gal Gadot like she gives a very like it, it's it's very apparent that her heart is in this role when she's doing it, uh, and I applaud her for that. That being said, I feel like everyone else from the extras to the actors to everyone else on the staff like sat down and said like we're gonna make the dumbest fucking movie possible like the Mm -hmm. absolute dumbest movie possible like like kind of like bumbling like face contorty like winking at the camera kind of being like look at how stupid this is uh so the whole movie it makes no fucking sense at all um, it's played for absolute laughs. Like, like you would look at it and think that it's a parody of a movie. You would think that it's a parody of a superhero movie. Um, or it's, or it's like, it's like that, that big sequence where like, she's, they're like, oh, you know, Pedro Pascal's character, Max Lord, like he's, he's gone to Cairo. Mm-hmm. So they go to Cairo and they're driving down the street and they're like, oh, there he is. And they just, they just drives past them. <laughs> So there's this whole big like chase sequence, right? Uh, and she's like fighting all these armored tanks uh, and everything. And they're in the middle of the fucking desert. They're in the middle of the desert. And of course, in the middle of the desert, there is one house on the side of the road. And a bunch of kids run out into the street and start playing kickball right in front of these goddamn tanks. As one does. Um... <laughs> so <laughs> it's like there's literally, like it's literally miles and miles of desert as far as the eye can see and then she's like a, and then she turns and like kids run out into the street with like a little kickball and it's like it feels like a parody it feels like a parody um, yeah it, it sounds it sounds like the russian family in the um theatrical version of the justice league where we i mean have even, to even stop that the even that's played in... with like a certain sense of like like sincerity like there's a certain sense of like oh you know, it's pretty get, ridiculous. oh no parademons this yeah. was just a straight up like the orphans you know like no nah. yeah <laughs> the whole and the whole movie feels like that like the whole movie has this kind of like prevailing sense of ludicrousy like there's literally one line where someone's like uh the soviets are launching nukes and the porsches are driving down the streets and it's like what really <laughs> yeah i mean from what i've seen of it and it it looks goofy like it looked goofy in the trailers um although i remember uh being cautiously optimistic about the first trailer thinking like oh that'll be neat uh, oh yeah no i i love that first trailer with the do 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 uh very well crafted trailer all you got to do is um, put a, a a poppy 80 synth score in and it makes anything look better yeah um no this was just a this was a a, this was a i hesitate to use the word disaster because i don't know whether and this is where this is where my dilemma comes in because it it feels like someone wanted to do silly sam raimi spider-man but without any of the drama stakes character charm or intelligence Mm -hmm. um and there's something admirable about just so they wanted to do spider-man 3 yeah they wanted to do spider-man 3 yeah uh, there's something admirable about committing to bad, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, like, like they they lit the trash can on fire and they're like, "We're filming this." Uh, 
but like at the same time, I I don't know if it's intentional. Like I don't know whether or not, like I, like it's clear that Patty Jenkins does like the character, but I don't know if she likes the comic book genre. So everything feels very dated, and I don't know if that's necessarily an homage or if this is as far as her understanding of the medium goes. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, uh, I mean, it could very mm-hmm. le- very easily be one or the other. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's not like some of the some of the scenes too are like not filmed the best, and that was kind of my problem with the the first Wonder Woman movie, where the action sequences are a little iffy. Um, but this just feels like a straight parody. Like there's a there's a scene where 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 Kristen Wiig's character is is running down the street, uh, and it's just a gauntlet uh, of like shitty men uh, catcalling her. Like it's like like it's not even like. It's not even like she rounds a corner and there's someone else there. It's just like she's walking down the hall and, and down this hall there's like 30 people that like are yeah. all looking. <laughs> there's like, 30 like, New York construction workers. <laughs> yeah, they're all standing in a line. Uh, it feels like an SNL skit. Uh, I, which I guess to maybe again maybe that was intentional. I don't know. Um, it's weird. It's very weird. Uh, it's a weird movie. I don't know if I'd recommend it. Uh, because again, like, and, and it's not even to like to devalue the issue about like the objectification of women. It's just like you, 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 you have this in a movie, and it, it feels like you're playing it for laughs. And this is a right. It it, it undercuts thing? the issue where it's like, are you making social commentary or, or are you making a joke? Yeah. yeah. So it's it's hard to say, like I, I haven't seen the movie. However. Um, it's hard to say in those sorts of situations. Um, I don't know. I don't know, man. Um, I do like Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman in general. I like, I've liked all of her appearances so far, with the exception of this one, which I haven't seen. Um, so, I don't know. I guess you're just like a hateful, uh, sexist bigot. Yeah, that's, that's clearly what it is. Clearly what it is. It's like, it's like Doctor Strange. Like, I like... I like Doctor Strange and Infinity War, and I like Doctor Strange and Thor Ragnarok, and I hated the fucking <laughs> Doctor Strange movie. Yeah, I didn't even hate the Doctor Strange movie. It's just so bland, un- boring, trite, yeah, just repetitive. uninspired. It's it's so unnecessary. Like you you could easily just watch the Jump other movies Thor that Ragnarok. he's in and get it. Yeah. I mean, they reintroduce his character in that movie, so it's it's it makes the entire Doctor Strange movie like rather pointless. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. just so safe and generic. You know what I really don't like about those movies, um, well, that movie I should say is I just don't like the Marvel, and this isn't even like an MCU thing. This is just a Marvel in general thing. I don't like their take on magic. Um, it's always very, like, boring. Um, whereas DC hasn't always been good at this, I'm sure, if, like, because, like, Doctor Strange is a character that goes back to the fucking 60s. Um, so it's going to be, like, weird. But when you compare that to, you know, something like Constantine, something like uh, Sandman, like, like DC's occult stuff, blows mm-hmm. all of that out of the water like so much like you look at something like um 
WandaVision, which I think was a good show, generally speaking, up until the end where it becomes another, you know, CGI bland generic superhero fight. Um, and it just, it, it blows that kind of stuff out of the water. Even looking at, like, the Keanu Reeves Constantine movie, which, I mean, isn't a brilliant movie, but, like, the magic in that feels like there's something to it. Um, like, there's, like, mythology under it, whereas in Doctor Strange, it's just like, oh, this is the Wing Wong thing. Um, it does booble sporps. And it's just like, <laughs> I, you, you, you're just making up words. Um, this, is, this is the MacGuffin, and we'll be using it for plot contrivances later. Mm-hmm. Oh, one thing that really bothered me was, like, the the sling ring thing. Cause like is that it a magic whip? Yeah, whatever like, it was. This is the only thing you got. Like you got magic to play with, and the only thing you got is a magic whip. Yeah. Well, the no, like they called it the sling ring, and it's just like that doesn't really match the 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 aesthetic. Aesthetic, Tone? yeah. Because like everything else is like. Um, what I'll say that I, I do like about Doctor Strange, I, I really like the look of, like, the Tibetan stuff. Um, I think that, like, it's cool when you're, like, playing with Eastern mysticism. It's very weird when you're playing with Eastern mysticism and all your main characters are white. Um, <laughs> but... Again, talking about that representation. Yeah, it's it looks cool. And, like, that, I like, I understand because there there was the whole the the whole thing with Tilda Swinton in that movie um a like the what are the, the ancient one is the name of that character the original yeah, interpretation that. of that character is like super racist um that being said you could update that and still have it be an asian character like uh but i guess it was I mean the, i believe the, the it had to Shang-Chi do with is the mandarin yeah. Wait, what? Yeah. The the th- the person in Shang-Chi is going to be the Mandarin like the character from Iron Man? Uh it's it's not going to be Well, okay. So, do you ever watch the uh, the short that accompanied I believe the Blu-ray release of Iron Man 3? No, absolutely not. God no. What the fuck? Okay. Why would you even ask me that, you son of a bitch? Okay. Well, technically <laughs> speaking, it, it 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 has Marvel Universe's first gay character um Really, being Sam Rockwell's character, yeah, uh, Justin. Really, Cameron. yeah, because he has okay, a boyfriend yeah. in prison. Interesting. Yeah, it's a small, like, offhanded thing, but like, he's there. Um, <clears throat> you know, I mean, again, like talking about Disney patting themselves on the back. It's like it's the first gay character in Marvel. It's the first gay character in Star Wars. I'm like, oh, explain. It's like, oh, well, you see, we have this character called Valkyrie and Thor Ragnarok, and you're like, okay, and and in the discussions that the actor had with the director they entertain the idea that she might be bisexual. And you're like, okay, where is that shown in the movie? It's like, oh, it's not. Mm-hmm. Like, oh. Oh, okay. Um, but anyways, this, this little short accompanying Iron Man 3, it's it's basically about, like, the actor who played the Mandarin, right? Um, yeah. In jail, right? Um, and there's a documentary crew, like, kind of talking to him about his experience and blah, blah, blah. And they, they kind of end the interview by the documentary person, like, killing the guard. Uh... And he was like, oh, like, the person I work for is the person that you were portraying. And he is very angry about it. Uh, 
and then someone with the actual ten rings like walks into the room and it kind of just cuts there. Oh, that's pretty cool. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. See, I don't know anything about like the Mandarin as a character, so I, I didn't. Like, I know a lot of people were really upset um, the way that they did that. And that did, movie... did a lot of did a lot of people have to pretend to be Iron Man fans that day so they could be upset about it? Yeah, I'm I'm assuming that's what that was. But no, all, the... all, all dozen uh, old classic diehard Iron Man fans that were like, I loved this character when he was you know when Yin Sing was a Vietnamese man in the yeah. Vietnam War and like no you no you weren't. It's like no you didn't. He, no one he, he never read any of we that. Know, no one has ever read an Iron Man comic prior to 2008. It's... It's like, are, are Marvel fans and Star Wars fans, like, kind of the same ilk, where I feel like there, there's just certain days where they just wake up and they're like, ha, what am I, what what am I, I going to pretend to be about? upset about today? Yeah. yeah, there is this performative element to so much of it, where it's just like, you're pretending to be outraged about shit. But no, um, the Tilda Swinton thing, what I was trying to say was that, that wasn't there, like, a, a weird controversy with the Chinese government um, because it was centered in Tibet? They didn't want to portray, like, tibetan characters that i don't or something remember. like um, that that sounds entirely possible uh that also sounds like something marvel and disney would do um but yeah I no 100 remember that um because yeah because i remember like i well i remember personally being like upset by the fact that it was tilda fucking swinton as uh um an elderly chinese character which of course it technically wasn't. They're like, oh, she's. I, I I remember you making comments about this though. Yeah, it was, I, it was like, why, why can't we just have the fucking character be the character? Um, like obviously, like you don't want to do like the '60s racist look of it. Um, but I, I, for the life of me, do not understand why the ancient one couldn't be like a like a Tibetan. Uh, uh, mystic of some sort. I feel like it's just it was so weird watching like this this middle aged white guy being taught by this middle aged white woman all of these um, you know ancient Eastern mystic things. It's just so fucking weird to see. Um, but yeah, no, I think it had to do. It it had something to do with like the the Chinese release of the movie being in jeopardy because they were like, no, you can't put a Tibetan character in your movie. Something like that. Um, because there's uh, obviously a lot of tension between issues. China and Tibet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I see why they had to do that. Uh, that being said, don't upset the China. Do not upset the China. I'm, you know, I'm, uh, I, I will probably watch, uh, this, uh, what is it just called? The Ten Rings? Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings or something like that? Yeah. I'll, I'll watch yeah. that. It looks neat. Um. I mean, it, it, like, I, again, like, I really hope, God, I really, 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 really hope the movie's not another Iron Man. Um. Oh, it's I a movie? I thought it was enough. a, I thought it was a series. No, it's a movie weird why do they make movies anymore like what just that's a good question i don't know um hawkeye is going to be a series if anyone cares (laughs) um i certainly do not 
care about a Hawkeye series. <laughs> Listen, I hear there's a dog in the series, uh, and I 100% hope that they teach the dog how to use a bow and arrow. Uh, if I'm not, I'm gonna. If, if not, I'm gonna check out. I'm done. I'm, I'm withdrawing my Disney Plus subscription. Teach the dog. The dog needs to become the next Hawkeye. Um, <laughs> that's all I'm saying. All I'm saying um, is he got to be like Air Bud. Uh, like, 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 can you I imagine just... like Spider Man and Iron Man, like the Avengers, like the bum 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 bum, and it's like Golden Retriever with a little mask and a bow and arrow. I just remembered right. Iron Fist was a thing. Oh God! You remember that? Um, I'm sorry. Uh... <laughs> but it's a, that was another weird thing where it's like, well, I guess that was always, I guess Iron Fist was always like a white guy in the comics. Correct. Is that true? Yeah. So, but I, I, it just seemed so strange watching that too, where it's just like, why is Marvel so, uh, like? I used to make a comment all the time about how Hollywood like thought like um, Asian people were like a mythic race, like hobbits, um, and that like Keanu I mean, Reeves. To be fair, like the most Asian person in Hollywood is Keanu Reeves. Yeah, that's and this Keanu is Reeves. why. Like but Keanu it's, Reeves it's is very weird. Hollywood's most famous Asian man. Where it's just like, what is he? I guess he. Uh, it turns out he's like half. Is he half Chinese? I I. I don't. He's a particular kind of Asian. I don't know off the top of my head, but it's funny seeing him in movies like Forty Seven Ronin, you remember or Man he, of Tai Chi. You remember when he played like, Buddha? Like what the fuck? He um, did. He did. He did. Oh my, oh my god! If anyone, if anyone listening to this, if anyone listening to this has not fucking seen this, just type in Keanu Reeves Buddha on YouTube and just fucking watch the clips. It's that fucking movie. They made that movie after Speed. This, this was a post. Speed world where Keanu Reeves got dressed in brown face and played Siddhartha. Like, <laughs> yeah. muse on that for a moment. And, like, he did a voice, too. Tyler, he did a voice, too. Yeah, what's, and... what's crazy is, like... <laughs> Wait, it's my like... friends, the path to salvation lies in the middle. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. That's a, that fucking, oh, that movie fucking, oh, it exists, it exists. Man, I, you know what, you know what, you know what, it's now going to be my life goal <laughs> to meet Keanu Reeves and ask him for an autograph on an 8 by 10 of him in that movie, just to, just to see that reaction. I hope he laughs, I hope he laughs, I hope he chuckles, I hope it makes him happy. I think he will. He seems like a nice guy. He seems like a delightful human being. Like, he seems like the kind of person where it's like, prop up the most exemplar person on the planet and everyone just points to Keanu Reeves and that's that's fair yeah like it's gonna be heartbreaking like the day it comes out like that he eats babies or something cause like it would have to be so horrible um to to make people think less of him he is he really is like the go to Hollywood nice guy these days yeah yeah although people people did get angry about him or angry at him for uh cyberpunk that video game that he was in mm-hmm. did you uh play that because you're a console player uh, so if you played it you I, been on like playstation i do have a console uh i don't i haven't played it uh especially because from what i understand it was bricking systems yeah it was it broke playstations it's <laughs> still not available in the playstation store 
No, I think I believe that just changed. I believe like as of recording, it's now gone back up on the PlayStation Network. Oh, okay. So twelve years later. Um, <laughs> twelve years later. After um, everybody knows that the game is like not great, I have it on yeah, PC. No. I didn't even finish it. I played like for forty-five minutes. And I was like, this kind of sucks. I'm, I don't. You could um, alter your character's uh, penis size in that game. That I did see. That someone actually did tell me. Um, and they're like, it's entirely pointless because you wear clothes all the time. So what's the point? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, that's a little weird. Is it just for you to know? Yeah, I, I didn't understand. I, I assumed like maybe later on there was some sort of uh, nude sequence, but I guess maybe not. They just that was the thing. They're like, you could make it. Well, yeah, you could. I, yeah. And you could also make them like. Um, I guess you could also make them technically trans. Um, because you could make your female character have a dong if you wanted, and you could make your male character have, um, I don't know what girl parts are called. I never learned. <laughs> I mean, and that's cool. Like, I, like again, like I think like for for video games too. Like, if you have a, a character creation screen, I think they 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 talked about it. Uh, and uh, when they released the Mass Effect Legendary Edition, when they were talking about like you know like however you want to play the character, like if you want to be like a male or. A, a female character or you know gay or straight whatever mm-hmm. ethnicity like sure you know the character that you play as commander shepherd they have defining traits like whether they're an asshole or you know whether they're kind like they're always going to be the hero character but anything outside of them being the hero character is like game for you to decide who they are and what they're like um so i mean like that goes double for like video games and playable characters where it's like is you know like just make the character you want to make do whatever the fuck you feel like yeah yeah bro yeah just just don't just don't give me a fucking broken ass early access game charge me 60 dollars, and then be like a week later being like well you know here's this uh this additional content it's you know 12 dollars more mm-hmm. uh god the video game industry sucks well, people were saying that, like, Keanu Reeves um, wanted a bigger role in the game. Like, he, he originally yeah. wasn't supposed to be, like, something, so they had to rework the game around him. Something to that effect. Yeah, I, I believe, like, the story kind of goes where, like, they had kind of just initially, uh, initially, like, been like, oh, you know, it's a small role, like, we're not going to take up much of your time, like, if you just do that, like, you'd really like it. And he showed up and he saw the game, he's like, this is actually really cool, like, I'd love to be a bigger part of it. And they couldn't say no to him because it's Keanu Reeves, and they're like, "All right, sure." Uh, cool, and they kind of yeah. had to just scramble at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, DC, are you excited for the Suicide Squad? Um. Well, here's the thing. Like, I'm not excited for anything because I don't have any joy in my <laughs> life at this point. But um. I, I think it looks good. Like, uh, I I was very happy to hear that James Gunn um, got that job, especially after what happened with Guardians of, Gal- Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, but then he he got that back. <laughs> so he just uh, can't stop winning. Um, uh, but yeah, no, I think that he was, you know, he was probably always the guy that, 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 that should have been doing Suicide Squad. I feel like that's right up his alley. It's more up his alley uh, yeah. than I feel like a Disney-based property like Guardians of the Galaxy would be. Mm-hmm. I feel like they, he kind of has to tone himself down a little. 
Yeah, because this is the thing. I've talked um, extensively about I don't really care for – I can't even say the Guardians movies because I only saw one of them. Um, but I like James Gunn a lot. Like, I like his other movies. Um, I'm a big fan mm-hmm. of Super. Super is one of my favorite uh, superhero movies. Slither is a lot of fun. Slither's great. Um, just all around, I, I, I'm a fan of his work. And it kind of bummed me out, like, when he started doing these Guardians movies, because, like, yeah, those are great, and he's, um, you know, reaching a much wider audience, but I'm like, I miss James Gunn movies. Um, Unfiltered James Gunn, essentially, is what you're saying? Yeah. And this looks closer to that. I'm sure it's not going to be, you know, full... I don't know. They, there's a lot of profanity in it, so maybe not. Um, Man, what, what's also made me real happy is the fact that just, like, John Cena walked walked off with that Peacemaker costume, <laughs> and now he's just wearing it to interviews. <laughs> like, every interview I've, I've seen him on, he's like, we didn't ask you to wear this. He's like, I oh, know, I haven't taken it off yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, he's like, I, fuck, I forgot what show he was on, but he was on one uh, interview show with, uh, with James Gunn and Margot Robbie, and they were both dressed normally. And he was still in the Peacemaker costume. <laughs> That's great. Um, well, it was the three of them like sitting on a sofa, and he was the only one in costume. <laughs> so, yeah, I've seen a couple of these trailers have come out. Um, I watched the most recent one, and there's, yeah, there's it, it looks good. I'm, I, I am looking forward to it. Um, I'm super I love excited. the uh, way uh, King Shark looks, and I like that he's back Shark, in the movie. Yep. Um, cause the, the killer croc character kind of took that role in the last movie. Um, which, you know, I'm happy if, uh, like that we were only ever going to get one iteration of King shark in the movies. I'm, I'm glad it's in this one and not the other one. Um, yeah. And again, thinking about how that thing fucked John Constantine. Yeah. Um, the entire, the entire arc of Suicide Squad was taken from Justice League Dark, and it, there's this just this wonderful moment at the end of it, where the entire team is in crisis because you have, you know, June Moon, who is the Cara Delevingne character, um, who is also the Enchantress, and uh, the team's like, but if we kill Enchantress, it'll kill June Moon. And then Constantine just fucking kills her, and he's like, <laughs> he's like oh, yep, "It's gonna be her. Right. It's gonna be her or me." <laughs> um, and it's just such a wonderful Constantine moment. I was like, "Oh, that's exactly what that character is." And now we'll never have that in a movie. Um, yeah, maybe but at least the first it. Suicide Squad was really good. So like, um, maybe we got something better. But yeah, we'll we'll see. Uh, I'm I'm excited that Peter Capaldi is in it as the thinker. Um, yeah, it's kind of crazy because I love him in like, Doctor Who. Um, every time I look at like these newer trailers, because like I wasn't following the movie at all. Um, I remember hearing about him being attached to it like years ago, uh, and then. I don't know. I just stopped paying attention. Um, I'm assuming all of these things were announced over the years, but I'm 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 just seeing them for the first time recently, and so looking, I'm like, wow, it's a surprise again. Interesting, yeah. You know, well, it's it's funny, like being off like Collider 
and the Hollywood Reporter because all the fucking news that's coming out now is just people like no news is happening so it's basically just like oh we're rewatching all the Marvel movies and ranking them or you know like mm-hmm. like look back at like here's you know Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings again uh, and this is the whole thing where it's like okay well if there's no news I'm gonna go do something else uh, yeah. I'm gonna learn how to bake some fucking banana bread or some bullshit like that <laughs> Uh, and so, like, the whole concept of, like, films just generally has kind of, like, disappeared. Mm-hmm. Uh, now it's just like, oh, shit, there's a movie out. Let's go watch it. Fucking, like, the G.I. Joe, like, there was another fucking G.I. Joe movie, and they released the trailer. I'm like, oh, cool, I wonder when this is gonna come out. And it's like, motherfucker, next month. And I'm like, when did this happen? When did, when did you make this? Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll reconvene when we watch The Suicide Squad, and we'll see how it goes. Uh, I, yeah. I hope for the best. Um, I always hope for the best. Uh, legitimately, I'll, I'll go into a movie just being like, all right, be good. <laughs> uh, and then we'll get to a certain point in the movie and like, this isn't salvageable. Yeah. So we'll see. I think it'll be good, though. Um, I don't really see any reason why it shouldn't be. Uh, yeah. Because what's good about, you know, this this current era of the DC Extended Universe is we've we've entered the we're just going to throw shit at the wall phase. Um, yeah, yeah. And not worry about making this some sort of, like, tonally consistent beast um, where there's, you know, the movies have to look like each other. Because uh, this doesn't, yeah. like, this doesn't look like the last Suicide Squad, and it doesn't look like anything that we've seen from DC Fucking so far. Fucking sure as fuck doesn't look like uh, Justice League or Batman v Superman. Yeah. So. But, we'll, we'll see. Um, we'll see how it goes. Mm-hmm. Until then, I, I, think that's, I think that's all we have to say. I think that's about it. We've been talking for a long time. So, uh, yeah, I am uh, Tyler Andrew know and i am michael holler thank you again for joining us on what will be probably more regular updates right yeah so my plan is eventually um i want to try doing these kind of live um on we'll see like twitch we'll do do it live yeah we could do twitch and you cannot say that and not do the impression fuck it fuck it we'll do it live um but that's yeah. I, I I that's I've uh, I've realized that podcasting in that entire world has sort of moved on without us over the years, <laughs> and most of these are done live now. Um, and the whole you know uh, coronavirus situation has kind of amped that up because for so long we didn't even really have any other form of media, so people were just like, oh, we'll we'll just you know stream our fucking zoom meetings um live on youtube i think like all of kevin smith's podcasts are now in that format um and so we'll just uh ape his formula but yeah twitch or twitch and youtube you could do them both uh these 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 streamers uh uh people like um destiny they do Twitch and YouTube. People like uh, um, David Pakman, Twitch and YouTube at the same time. We didn't even have to fucking pick one, Michael. 
We could be as indecisive as we want. We can put this everywhere. We could put it on fucking Facebook. I won't. But we could. <laughs> it's fucking garbage fire, Facebook. We'll put it we'll put it on our LinkedIn accounts. How's that? I don't yes. even have LinkedIn. I don't know. Facebook scares me. Like I I I'm genuinely afraid to log into Facebook sometimes. Um because I don't I know what I'm gonna find. Yeah. Uh you never know what you're gonna get. But log into then, my Instagram. Uh, until next time, I guess until Suicide Squad. Until Suicide Squad, I am Tyler Andrepino. And I'm Michael Holler. Get out of my house. Okay.